Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Final Femme Podcast. I am your host, Jack, and I am with my co-host, Sid. Hello. How's it going, Sid? <laughs> it's good. I have a little bit of a cold, so apologies if I sound weird, but uh, I'm here, so woo! You made it. How are you, Jack? I'm okay. I did. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. We watched today Poltergeist from 1982. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you uh, want to share some of your initial thoughts of the movie? <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I've seen this one before. I've seen it a couple times. I like it. It was interesting watching it critically. I don't feel like I had as much fun through a critical lens versus just taking it in. I mean, it's a classic. I still had a good time. So what about you, Jack? You haven't seen this before. No. I'll sum it up in one word. Okay. Long. It was long. It was very could, long. You could feel it's two hours. I By mm. the end, I was like, oh, my God, please just stop. <laughs> Trying to simulate how the characters felt in the movie like this never ends it's never ending um it was pretty it was okay i it was uh there were some spots i liked and some spots i didn't like but overall it was it was pretty decent yeah it's fun yeah i mean it's a classic for a reason i know a lot of people are pretty nostalgic about it too we're gonna get emails about this one i know i think (laughs) sorry in advance people oh boy so this movie was directed by oh boy Tobe Hooper. That sounds right. To be Hooper. To be Hooper, the tubester. <laughs> <laughs> to be or not to be Hooper. Okay. Oh, it was Lord. written by Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. Michael Grayus, mm-hmm. Mark Victor. Mm-hmm. The main stars in this movie were uh, Joe Beth Williams, Heather o- O'Rourke, and Craig T. Nelson. And we'll kind of yep. introduce them, the other characters, as we go through here. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. This, this movie kind of had like this weird... We kind of talked about that before we started recording, but this weird like like Home Alone music that really kind of played with yeah. my emotions a little bit because it's like supposed to be scary and spooky, but it's like this like really happy jaunty music. Well, that or it's like really sentimental, like violin and flute. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, we're having this beautiful moment, and I'm like, your daughter's getting chased by demons. No big deal. This is not the time. <laughs> there's some there's some decisions that were made with the music. I think of like what was what was playing at what time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find this guy's name. I want to give him credit here, or or a woman. I'm not sure. Isn't uh, it John Williams? Oh, is it really? If it is, then like that makes complete sense. Maybe it's a couple people, but yeah, John Williams did Home Alone, I think, too. Okay, well then, never mind. No, is that wrong? I'm trying to look it up here. Uh, no, it looks like we've got Jerry Goldsmith. Hold on, wait, wait. Who are you? Sorry, here, here. What? This I, keeps I happening. You guys' drinks here. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, there um, you go. I went and picked you up some. Thank you, Jack. I'm parched. I'm I'm sorry. This this I gotta stop doing this. So Noah's not with us anymore. This is Link. Mm. Hello, I like your games. Yeah, it's a blast from the past, right? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Do you play the ocarina um, by chance, Jack? <laughs> I okay. Noah, our previous producer went. He went to space camp, which is you know. Something grown men definitely do. Um, and it was apparently super competitive. And uh, he and a bunch of his fellow campers plucked each other's eyes out and beat each other to death. So I don't. Anyways, RIP, Noah. Welcome, Link. Don't go to space camp. Woo! They, they closed that camp, right? After that? Um, no. They're still open. Still open. Hmm. I think it's up in New Jersey with uh, Friday the 13th camp. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. What was yep. the name of that? Noby Bosco, baby. Noby Bosco. How how do we remember that? Wow. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they had to vote to close that camp, but I'm sure the eyes had it. Oh, my God. You're lucky I'm sick, Link. I usually wouldn't laugh at that shit. I brought you drinks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Actually, hold on. They smell kind of funny. 
I'm, I don't know. I'm a little. Don't worry about that. It's all oh, natural. Okay. Okay. Link. Well, Link. Uh, welcome, Link. Thank you for yes. stepping into this role. Um, mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, I I kind of like Noah. I'm I'm a little sad that he's yeah. Going on. Little sad. Okay. Little sad. Yeah. Just like a little. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Well, let's move on to <laughs> another part of. <laughs> um. Rest in sorry, peace. I'm so sorry. Rest in pieces. Oh my god. Rip, as we would say. Oh, we would never say that. It's R.I.P. We would. No, you would. You're a monster. We. No. Rip. Um, this <laughs> movie know. was released June fourth, nineteen eighty-two. No, oh, a summer movie. Right. Interesting. A summer scare. Okay. It had some interesting. It had like a nice uh, filming location. It was actually an actual house in. California, which this this movie has very California vibes, like the the houses yes. and the like panning shots. Oh yeah, so that's that's definitely present there. But I'm pretty sure they do tours of those house that house, or like you can like see it. I they used to do tours or something like that. Used to do like a walking tour. Oh, okay, that'd be kind of cool actually. Yeah, I don't know if they do it anymore, but I feel like back in the day when the movie was at the height of its popularity, they did. The tagline here for the movie is "From a dimension beyond the living, a terror to scare you to death." Mm. thoughts mm. you're not scared to death no scared of death scared to death you're still alive so you're not scared to death but true no i'm not okay i'm well, still here how about mommy daddy where are you is that a good tagline oh no. no, jesus no okay do you have any that you want to read off or nope you're doing great bud got you on the spot here Sid. you're doing great bud no okay <laughs> There's <laughs> there's a lot of them. I'm gonna see here what my favorite one is. Uh, I don't really like the one they used. It's it's kind of kind of lame. Like we they're here. Who's here? Was that you, Sid? No, that was Link. Oh oh, that's probably my favorite one. That's like the most yeah. iconic line in this movie. That's I would classic say classic one. Yeah, they're here. I feel like that's 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 very used uh, or overused rather. There were a couple times that line being one of them where I was like, oh, I've definitely heard that before yeah having not seen this movie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah they're here is probably the best best one so the budget for this movie 10 million seven hundred thousand dollars okay opening weekend u.s and canada six million eight hundred ninety six thousand six hundred twelve dollars okay so it, it did okay it did all right and then it it was did very well uh uh gross u.s and canada was 77 million 177 thousand three hundred and one Shit. Okay. Yeah. So Get they did okay. Back. They did okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically, the the premise of the synopsis of this movie is a young family is visited by ghosts in their home, and at first the ghosts appear friendly, kind of moving objects around the house, and everyone's like, "Oh, yay! This is fun," but then they turn out to be a little nasty and start to to terrorize the family, uh, and then they kidnap the daughter. The youngest daughter. Would you ever assume a ghost is friendly? Like, just if a ghost is in my house, I'm not going to, like, play with it. I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I probably need to move. This is, yes. This is probably just, the first movie where that has been the premise. Or, or, or yeah. it, the initial reaction has been, oh, these guys are fun. Maybe, except for maybe, like, Casper or something, but. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just struck me as, as kind of odd. Yeah. But
the the way this movie starts is we get to hear the star spangled banner here there everywhere we hear this song so many times in this movie so many times and i'm over it i don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> so already i it's starting off patriotic and mm-hmm. we get this shot of like the tv turns static so i think this is like maybe what i'm thinking this is they play this like patriotic little film thing and then the tv turns off kind of like we were talking about in I can't remember what episode that was, but where the ring, the ring, the ring. We had to explain static to David. That's that's right. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Because when programming would go off the air, it would just it would literally turn off, and then it would be this static channel there. And so this is what we're what we're watching. We're seeing the end. Like this guy's sitting in a chair, and he you can tell he's like slumped over, like he's asleep. And mm-hmm. I mean, right, you know, it's like typical dad thing, like watching TV and then just like passed out. Uh, and then the programming stops, and we get the static screen. Mm-hmm. Now, this family has a so we don't know, we don't see the dad or anything like that. We just see him in the chair there. But we see a dog, so we know this family yeah. has a dog, and mm-hmm. this dog has the fucking munchies because it is like going. It eats whatever dad was eating off the floor, and then it runs mm-hmm. up to everyone's room. He finds a bag of chips, dumps it on the ground. He starts eating the chips. Like the dog is. <laughs> that made me laugh. It was pretty I good. will say, I appreciate that this is a movie where the dog does not die. Because a lot of times in horror movies, animals do not do well. And this dog, nothing bad happens to the dog. So I really appreciate that. And he was a good actor, too. <laughs> that dog was really cute. It's a big, really it's a golden retriever. He's a cute dog. Yeah. So he's, he's grabbing all this extra food. <laughs> and that's kind of like a running theme throughout this. Is like he's, he's just constantly yeah. eating, which is kind of funny. So we're still in the living room watching the TV, the static. And... A little girl comes down the stairs, and that is Carol Ann Freeling, who is played by Heather or Heather O'Rourke. That is really hard to say fast. Yeah, it is. Wow. Heather O'Rourke. <laughs> so she's coming down the stairs, and she like is investigating the staticky TV, and she starts mm-hmm. talking to the TV and says, "Hello, I can't hear you. I can't hear you." And eventually, it's kind of weird. The the family all wakes up at the same time, and they come downstairs. Well, it's because she starts shouting. Because at first, she's because she can hear something mm-hmm. in the static, and then she's like, "What? I can't hear you!" And then she starts yelling, and everyone's like, "Why is our blonde five year old child screaming at the TV that she can't hear them?" Yeah. So everyone comes downstairs, and they're like, well, "What is going on here?" Which is, you know, she's basically conversing with the ghost at this point everyone kind of comes downstairs and now she's like talking with the ghost like oh yeah really <laughs> yeah and they just watch her <laughs> they're not like hey honey stop that they're like this is fine they just they just kind of stare at her and then that's the intro and i, I just it was so <laughs> weird it was a weird intro so next we get to see the credits which i thought was a kind of a weird it was a bold move to like do that little intro scene and then then we get the credits with this kind of subdued music I don't know. It's kind of, there's a theme that it introduces where it's like, kind of like we're talking about this like jaunty music. Yeah. Well, don't they do that in Scream and the Ring? Don't they have like a big opening scene and then they do the title? Right? I can't remember. Is that right? I can't remember. Once to watch these movies, they're pretty much. <laughs> they just float away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Yeah. It's a weird opening scene. It's like this idyllic pan over the city with like flute and harp and it's very peaceful music. Yeah, I wrote uh, like sleepy lullaby music. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Yes, absolutely. And this is where we get the, we know this is California because we're getting these establishing shots of like these hilly areas and like the sprawling suburb and these houses look very California-esque. So yes, we immediately, when we kind of pan down to the the sub or the street in this suburb, 
we are now following a very sweaty guy on a bicycle. This scene did make me laugh a little bit. And he is like <laughs> carrying under his arm a like case of beer and not like an enclosed case. It's not like a six pack. Yeah, it's like this pallet of beer essentially. Yes. And like Jack said it's not it's not closed up, it's open. So he's doing a hell of a job keeping all that stuff together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but that's about the turn turn bad for him here in a second he rides down the street and then these kids have these little rc cars that they're chasing him with and they're catching up to him and then they cross in front of him and he hits one and like spills all the beer yeah they cross their remote control cars in front of his tires and he just goes sprawling and then they're like high-fiving each other and you know norwin in one of these movies you would think oh the guy is gonna like get off his bike he's gonna be so pissed he's gonna yell at these kids Mm -hmm. nope doesn't do that at he all. He didn't give a shit. He just like picked up his beer and went into the house. Mind you, while it is like spraying everywhere, this was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the, all the beers had like, they were like punctured and had this like little pinhole puncture oh, where no. it's just spraying beer everywhere. <laughs> oh man, it, it was good. I really liked that scene. And so yeah. he's running around trying to get in this house. He, he like goes into the house and we meet, like briefly meet Dana uh, Freeling, mm-hmm. who is the oldest daughter of the Freeling family, played by Dominique done dominique done yeah um and she's like what are you doing she's like freaking out that the guy's like in there spraying beer all over the place yeah he goes into the man cave den thing and <laughs> of course i just wrote in all caps men's day watching football it's like, like 10 dudes crowded around this tiny tv watching 1980s football mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we kind of understand why the guy wasn't going to waste his time yelling at the kids because there's goddamn football on tv and you he gotta see the you got to watch those plays. You got to watch those guys play with the balls. Gotta, oh, my. What? What? This movie does a lot of... It's, like, all in the same location, but it's a lot of, like, the scenes jump around a lot. Yeah. They really don't film outside of the house, like, hardly ever. It's pretty much only the house, yeah. Which is... Mm-hmm. It's interesting keeping it all in one location, but they, they do a good job of, like, splitting up the, well, action, yeah. the scenes. But it's going to make for a, a bumpy ride here with my... Let me fall on this along, so bear with me. Hooray. Yeah. So we are introduced to Diane Freeling, played by Jo Beth Williams, and she is the mother of the house, and she is cleaning up one of the kids' rooms. By the way, um, did you catch when they are saying the kid's age later in the movie? Uh Uh-huh. Did you catch? She's Uh supposed to be 32, and Uh her oldest is 16, so I'm like, did you two fuckers have your oldest daughter when she was 16? Yes. Yes. And how are you this successful? Okay, uh-huh. Whatever. I mean, good for you. Yeah, I was I was absolutely going to bring that up because <laughs> okay, that sorry. math that math is is interesting. Now we don't hear how old uh, still Steve is the is the father. Oh, that's true. He's maybe played Steve by Craig was, T. Nelson. Maybe he was established an, an older gentleman. But like what? Did he eighteen? He's got his life together. Oh no. But like they're successful. He's a re- successful real estate agent. Yeah, but that we yeah we get it later that he worked for a company that. So they basically they have built this like residential development, and they keep talking about phases and like how many phases they're in, how many you know how many houses they're building. And this guy is Steve is selling houses to people, and he's good at his job. Yep. So he is yep. successful, and that's kind of explains like why they're able to live in this. It's a huge house, too, like the house that they're in. Yeah, it's a nice house. Did anyone catch the song that Diane is singing when she Mm -hmm. is cleaning up her children's room? It's time to relax. 
Miller I... beer. <laughs> He's singing the Miller beer jingle. Oh my god. Oh man. No. One beer stands clear. That's <laughs> Miller beer. I did not catch that. Also, why why is she cleaning her kids' room? Like, I know Carol Ann is five, but Robbie is eight and Dana is sixteen, so they can clean their own damn room. They rooms. can clean their own rooms, yeah. Uh, yeah. there was there was a lot of product placement in this movie. Yes. Which maybe <laughs> I, we, I didn't know all of it, but there was definitely one at the end where I was like, Dan, that is very front and center. We'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's cleaning up the room. She's singing her Miller. She's thinking about beer. Miller light. <laughs> And then she notices, she kind of like turns, she, she like notices, oh, where's Tweety? And then looks in the cage and the bird just upside down, dead. I made a whole big deal about like, oh, this movie doesn't kill any of its pets, blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently Tweety doesn't make well, it. So sorry, the bird, the bird dies. Well, the Sid, dog does not die. you famously hate birds. I do not famously hate, do I famously hate birds? You infamously hate birds? Do I? Oh, I'm, sta- I'm establishing this now. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, I don't feel like I famously hate birds. Well, you hate them so much that their lives don't matter. I mean, that's something. Oh, I'm okay. just kidding. Tweet, tweet. So the, the bird's just an X now. Huh? Yeah, oh. so it was oh, actually just God. a cage with an X on the bottom of it. And we were really confused as to why Diane was upset about All right. that. All right. Elon's don't X me. This. Don't ask me. I would never. So this is what I mean about the jumping around. So we are immediately back to this goddamn football time. So we're back in okay, the den. Okay, but this scene is funny. This is pretty good. They're watching football, and this is like a you know, like you said, this is like a room of like what eight guys. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of dudes, a lot of the, a lot of energy. The testosterone is simmering in this room, yes. And they're 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 watching the game, and it all of a sudden turns to Mitch, Mr. Rogers. It's amazing. He's putting on his little shoe, and he's like, "Won't you be my neighbor?" And they're just oh, like, Mr. what Rod- is that? They're like so pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> and then there's this weird. So I'm immediately I'm like, oh, the poultry guy started already. What I saw too. And the ghost likes Mr. Rogers. I, I'm kind of on board. Right. Same ghost. But no, apparently. And this is kind <laughs> no, of a funny. A, this is a funny mix up. It was the 80s. <laughs> it was the 80s. Yeah. It was the 80s. Um, yeah, I don't have the same love. <laughs> Well, I don't either, but I figure I'd scream it. It was the eighties. So we we meet the neighbor, who we later learn his name is Ben. Ben is played by Michael McManus. Nice. And so Steve like comes out the door, the side door, and yells at his neighbor. He's like, "Hey, hey, you, come on, we we can't do this now." Oh, I'm and, sorry to interrupt you, Jack. We should explain what's going on because I didn't get it either. Apparently, they're on like the same TV yes line or something like that. So or, if like, one of them changes channel, it like fucks it up for the neighbor. I, apparently, remotes were so powerful back then that you could change your neighbor's channel. That's basically what's happening. As, I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. Eighties mm. problems. Eighties problems. Oh, the eighties. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this guy comes out with a cigar, just like a big old stogie in his mouth. He's like, "What? I can't help it. My kids want to watch Mister Wa- Rogers." Which, hey, my kid wants to watch Mister Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> which amazing. this guy. You would expect him to be a big old football fan. I'm surprised he's not over there watching it with us. Yes. Him. Yeah. No, he's just a gentle Mr. Rogers lover for his child, yeah, which is sweet. Killing his kids with cigar smoke. No problem. Okay. So they have this like bickering fight over like, no, no, you're going to change it. No, you change it back. So they like, and then Steve is doing this funny thing where he's like pushing the remote button real fast and like fading back into the house. And <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. So his friends are all upset that he, you know, that they, uh, yeah. 
They keep getting like their having, game interrupted. They're having a remote click-off war. Ah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that was a funny scene. So, and then, uh, again, we jump back to Diane, who is... <laughs> she has, like, Tweety or X held by the the tail or the tail feathers. And she's about to just dump that motherfucker right in the toilet. And then we, uh, Carol sees this. Carol, she sees her mom. Okay, but why wouldn't you shut the fucking door? If you're going to, like, drop your child's bird into the toilet, shut the door. I just, I think, uh, this is before parents were helicoptery and more, uh, don't give a damn. They're more like, oh, yeah, do you live here? Eh, whatever. Whatever. You paying rent? Well, so then they have to do, like, a funeral for Tweety gets buried in a cigar box, but Carol Ann is sure he doesn't like the smell. And her mom, instead of being gentle, is like, well, he's dead, so we can't smell anymore. It's like, holy shit. Diane is very I mean, direct about a lot of things in this. Yeah. Which is, it's it makes it makes it funny, I think, uh, compared to, like, yeah. like, movies nowadays that come out and, like, you know, where the parents care about their kids. I don't know. And now we're jumping to, we now we meet Robbie Freeling, who is the yep. son in the family. And he is played by Oliver Robbins. And he is kind of like... He's like in the backyard and he's like keeps looking up and he's looking up at this tree and we I guess get the impression that he wants to climb this thing. And it's like it's like a gnarly looking tree. It's like a nasty tree that has yeah. no leaves on it. It is it's like it's dead. Like why have this it's thing? It's an angry tree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's he's watching the clouds, which we find out mm. later he's afraid of thunderstorms. So if if a storm is rolling in, he gets nervous. Oh, he's a big thunderstorm pussy. Jesus. Okay. He's 8. <laughs> be nice i'm sorry okay i'm sorry robbie i'm sorry what a fucking um, baby <laughs> so he climbs a tree and he's basically getting a bird's eye view <laughs> hey. no pun intended Rest of in the Katie. of the scene where diane and carol are burying the bird in a cigar box in like the yes. garden out back and dana's being a little asshole about it by the way. <laughs> yes. she's like this is stupid i'm like your five-year-old sister is burying her bird. You're 16. That's why I thought she was younger than she was because she's being such a jerk. And I'm like, she's 11 years younger than you. You can't be nice while she's burying a dead bird. Apparently not. We got to have that sassy teen energy in this movie. So, And Dana is going to fill that that she's role. Yeah, yeah, she is a bit, a bit interesting in that way. And not only that, but she comes up chopping celery like a Foley artist. Oh, yeah. like, it's <laughs> like, why? what is going on here? Like, settle down, Bugs Bunny. Damn. Plus, that should be a carrot, not Ooh, celery. That would have been a good, like, Tweety's yeah. in the grave. Bugs Bunny's like, what's up, Doc? And, like, giving fun, and making fun of her. And Missed opportunity. All we needed was uh, Sylvester. That's true. And we should have had a cat in this movie. Yeah. So they, they do their last rites. And this box has, like, it has uh, like you said, there's, like, a piece of licorice in it so that the Tweety can eat. Um, it has a like a paper towel for a blanket, and then it has a rose to make it smell good. Make it smell good. I mean, yeah. she is she is a thoughtful funeral like a mortician. She's very thoughtful to her dad. So she, there you go. She thinks Carol about dead. She thinks yeah. about death a lot. Yeah. She's immediately over it. By the way, this is great. Like, Can I have a goldfish this is, now? <laughs> this is so good. They're doing like the last rites for this thing and bury it, and then she's like, "Taking uh-huh. a goldfish," and like a meat, <laughs> like without skipping a beat, not even sad anymore. And the, while she says that, the fucking dog is digging up the bird already because it wants its I next know. meal. Oh. <laughs> That's so good. 
So the, I, I appreciate this movie and that there's like a lot of there's a little little bits of humor interspersed there throughout are. it, which yeah. again, we'll reiterate this, or at least this is my philosophy. If you add some humor to a, a horror movie, it just makes it so much more enjoyable. It's so good. Movies that are too bleak and there's no moment of levity are not fun to watch. So I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Now, <laughs> the next scene, literally the next scene, Carol has a goldfish and she's feeding oh, the yeah. goldfish. Which, to me, must mean that she got those the same day. They like went out after that and just got the fish the same day. Because it's like the the nighttime of that day, I think. Yeah, it's Tweety two and three. And like, why is she in charge of feeding them? Because her mom comes in and she's like, "Honey, you're gonna kill them. You're overfeeding them." He was feeding the fish like I put pepper on food, like just like, like just like ringing the whole box out. On it. Yes, yes. I don't want to taste anything but pepper. Yeah, is what those she was doing. Poor goldfish are gonna die. Yeah, they did. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but like that room gets destroyed, and there's no talk of the fish. Mean, yeah, so hmm. maybe they're maybe hmm. they're one of the souls that crossed over. Hmm. Pet cemetery. Anyway, <laughs> we find out that Carol and Robbie share a room as well. Mm-hmm. So they're both. It's like bedtime, and they're trying to like yeah yeah Getting get to bed. In. And it's storming out. It's starting to thunder and everything. Uh, yeah. So like when Robbie was, had climbed the tree. The most uh, CGI clouds rolled in, and it was like the fastest rolling storm I have ever seen. That storm had places to be. It was like, yeah. let's move it. Like right over Robbie's head so it could rain on him. <laughs> yes. Pretty much the only reason Robbie's in this movie is to look at trees and be afraid of storms. And to scream a lot. Well, yeah, that comes later. But yes, that's... He, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like so afraid of the tree. I'm like, close the fucking curtains. <laughs> if you don't want to look at this damn thing, just close the curtains. True. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's infatuated with it. It's crazy. He is. It does kind of like, so it, yeah, obviously the tree is right outside his window, but it does look like a face. It does look like a demonic it's being. It's a scary outside. tree. Like, it's huge. Yeah. It's big. So, you know, we Carol is trying to kill her fish, and mom comes <laughs> in and says, honey, that's too much. And she's like, if you keep doing it, you're going to turn them into snacks. And she starts, like, biting Carol in the neck. Like, you know, play, play fighting with her. Yeah, she bites her fingers off. Mm-hmm. What? You don't need those. You're fine. Sid, yeah. when you went to bed, mm-hmm. did you keep any, like, creepy-ass clowns sitting in rocking chairs at the foot <laughs> of your bed? No. I had a bunch of stuffed animals, and oh. they all had to be, like, positioned on the bed where I would feel like I hurt one of their feelings. So everybody had to be on the bed with me, and then I didn't sleep well. So my parents got me a little hammock for the stuffed animals to sit in above my bed, but there was no clown. This is interesting. <laughs> um, Was there a hierarchy amongst the animals? Oh, like- yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think okay. I probably That's felt guilty that I liked some of them better than others, so I made sure everyone was on bed so nobody knew that I had favorites. But you didn't have any, like, ones that, like, were relegated to the foot of the bed, or not even on the bed, right? No. Like the clown? No, I don't. Okay. I didn't okay. have, like, stuffed animals or stuff that scared me. That's just weird to me. I don't understand why they have this damn thing. If Robbie is just... Uh, okay, so... It's a scary clown. It's huge, too. It's, like, his size. It, it's, like... Yeah, it's, like, taller than yeah. he is. So he's got the... He's got all of his childhood fears in the same room, <laughs> and he puts up with it. I don't get this. Robbie's gonna have PTSD. Poor kid. I I think we're meeting him while he's in the midst of some episodes. <laughs> I think he already has it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, so we find out that they have this weird clown that just hangs out in the room, and it's... It's not like it's in the corner. It's not in the closet. It's just at the foot of his bed. I don't understand what's going on there, but right, it's so weird. Like, why? 
It has a little chair that they put it in, so the clown faces his bed. So he sees it every night before he falls asleep, and he's like, is so afraid of it, he throws a blanket over it at one point. I'm like, why do you have this clown? Doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Poor so, child. Robbie's afraid of everything, and Carol's afraid of the dark. That's what we kind of find out from this scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, same Carol Ann. Yeah. Okay. The maybe, dark maybe, is scary. maybe back then. Get a nightlight. Come on. Yeah, back then, definitely. Mm-hmm. They didn't make nightlights back then. No, I just mean it's definitely like. Was the eighties? No, they had closet lights. Yeah, yeah you just keep. Yeah, exactly. Keep your closet light. Um, so now we're back in with we're back in the parents' bedroom with Steve and Diane. Craig T. Nelson is playing Steve. Um, he is watching TV, and they are in their room rolling some J's and smoking some it pot. Was, which was supposed to be funny, but they were so obnoxious while they were high. I was like, "Oh my god, I you are the worst people to be high around. You're so annoying." I think I don't know if this was like is if this is poking at fun at hippies. Like it's like. I don't. I'm not sure what this yeah, was, know. but they were like annoying to me to watch. Yes, I, like it, it should have been funny, but you're just like, oh my god, I can't stand you right now. You guys are being way too much. It's kind of strange that they were, you know, smoking up while Craig T. Nelson is reading the book Reagan, the man, mm-hmm. the yeah, I president. That too. <laughs> He's yes. reading a book about Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yes, maybe it's just a kind of like know thy enemy type of scenario. I don't know, but it seems like. It seems like he was like, oh, this is my hero. I'm going to read about him while well, also smoking weed. I would say he didn't just say no. So And he, so Steve rolls a joint and then just leaves all the weed on the bed. Yeah. He, he yeah, doesn't he put did. down a paper towel or a plate or anything. He just leaves it all on the bed. It, it's the weirdest. It's, it's just really weird. And they're not like worried about making their house smell. I, I like, guess not. Because it's, it's the 80s, baby. It's carpet everywhere. That smell's going to stay. Even in the bathroom. Well, that, and then while Steve is, you know, reading his Reagan bio, he um, <laughs> Diane is talking about like her potential kidnapping when she was a kid. Right. This was so weird. And then they played off her laughs. And they're like, she's like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, you almost died. So weird. What? And almost got this guy like wrongfully accused of kidnapping you, too, because you fell asleep in some dude's car. It was really weird. The tone of this scene was so I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to do. Like it was it was weird. The fever dream. That's what it felt yeah. like. Because not only that, now Steve is like all of a sudden doing push-ups on the bed. I know. What the fuck? Oh, and then this was the good part. So Steve, I get maybe he was like a diver or something because they're talking about diving. So he yeah. stands up on the bed and then he's jumping up and down and does this like, and then jackknife. And he jumps on the floor like he's diving. It's just like, okay. Right. And then he goes up to the mirror. And he does this thing where he's like, before, after, before, after. And he's like sucking in his gut and pushing out his gut. Like, he, you know, he doesn't look. It's kind of that thing where, like, you know, you get older and you get a little rounder in the stomach. And he was playing. He was, like, making a joke about that. It was so good. I like that Who do you know that acts like that when they're high? Like, just. I I don't know. I don't want to be around these people, though. Like Have some snacks. Watch some cartoons. Chill out. All right, sit down. Why are you jumping around? If anything, not that I've had much experience with being around people like this, but it's almost like they're on cocaine. It was weird. It was weird energy for, like, being high. They're all over the place. Okay. Right. I just put, (laughs) Robbie is freaking out, man, to the tree and the clown. (laughs) So he's still having his, like, night Mm -hmm. terrors, and he's not even asleep yet. And his fucking parents are high in the next room. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably contributing to his little PTSD things. Yeah, he's Um, just... If there's no ghosts, he's just like a loose. He's paranoid because of the secondhand weed. I was gonna say it could be like 
maybe the vent goes straight into his room and that's what oh, he's Robbie. <laughs> but then we go back to the parents bedroom and steve is talking like donald duck and diane <gasps> and it's not funny it's not funny at no, all. no it was so uncomfortable to watch this is a kinky relationship because diane is like Oh, this is don't talk He's, dirty to me, dirty to me like this. It's like that's your dirty talk voice into it. Yeah, like Donald Duck gets her going. Like, babe, really? Do you have Ugh. to like leave the room when they watch Mickey Mouse Club or what? There's Feel a lot of what? references to like cartoons, like Dana Chomp on the Celery, Tweety dying, and now Daffy, mm-hmm. Donald Duck, Daffy Duck, Donald Duck, whoever. They both kind of talk the same, I guess. But that's true. so Robbie <laughs> walks in on his parents being fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately like diane puts out the joint uh steve puts on his glasses and suddenly they're mom and dad of the year it's like okay yeah well you know steve did a pretty nice thing yeah so robbie comes in and he's like i'm afraid of the storm and they're and you know to his credit steve didn't be like oh my god go back to bed he he what he did no. put on his glasses jumped up put on his robe and then he took uh robbie back to his room and like yeah. laid in bed with him and yeah I thought it was sweet. He like teaches him how to count the thunderstorm yes. so that he can like feel like he has some control and like, okay, if you count it and like the numbers get bigger, that means the storm is moving away and it helps him feel a little less afraid, which you're yeah. right. That was really nice that he did that. Yeah. It's kind of like a way to measure the distance. I mean, I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. this as a kid. I, I certainly did. Um, where you yeah. the lightning strikes, you start counting. And then when the thunder hits, then you kind of kind of gauge how far away the storm is. Yeah. He also Robbie also was like, "Why do we have that fucking tree?" And like, Steve is like, "Oh, the tree it's it's old and it's wise. I did it on purpose." Yeah. Which is like, the thing is dead, man. You. <laughs> I did it to terrorize you, Robbie. Uh-huh. That's why. Yeah, but he said the the tree has been around here since before the neighborhood was built. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is a very interesting thing to think about because if you have a residential development. When do you just leave the trees up? Usually you plant them after the houses are built. Like, it's weird to, like, True. no, don't touch that. Don't touch that tree. I want that tree in my yard and to leave it up when you're, like, bulldozing and, like. Maybe that tree was there with the thing that was there before the residential stuff went up. Maybe it's the original haunted tree. It's a cemetery tree. Maybe. I've decided oh, it's been long. I went enough the other way. Do it again. Okay, sorry. Yes, I did that wrong. It's okay. So yeah, he does. He did even have the count after the lightning strikes to see how far away the storm is. Yeah. And this relieves Robbie because as he keeps counting after the lightning, he's realizing that the thunder is happening later. Later, meaning the storm is going past them. We're going to miss them. Yes. Yeah. And we get this kind of weird scene where oh, so yeah. Steve has this nice little moment where he's like, "Okay, good. I taught my kid to." <laughs> you know, how, how to how to kind of manage his anxiety over this stuff and then he just immediately opens the door to dana's room and he's like good night and she's like oh, and she like does this like thing like i'm doing something bad and then he opens the door back up and he's like get off the phone yeah like she tries to cover up the phone that she's very clearly on and then he opens the door again get off the phone dana okay yeah he was pretty chill about catching her on the phone when she's not supposed to be sure sure so yeah so yeah we i, I guess get the impression that she's talking to her boyfriend or something I think so. And then it's, this is this is great. This is what I like about this movie is it's just like a smash cut to the next scene. And then everyone is in mom and dad's bed except for Dana. She's in her own room. But like it, it's I don't know, like the storm got crazy again and they got scared and went yeah. back into mom and dad's room or something. That was funny because it's Robbie and Carol Ann are watching the tree counting the lightning. And then it's a huge flash. And immediately it's just 
next scene mm-hmm. is Steve, Carol Ann, Robbie, and Diane all asleep in bed together. Like, yeah. oh shit, okay. Yes. Uh, and the TV on is on again. The TV is on. And we hear That's the goddamn... <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. You want to sing the whole thing? I think we got time. No. Okay. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick of that song. I mean, I guess... I... Anyway. So, yes. <laughs> song plays. Programming ends. Static begins. Mm-hmm. And I guess... Guess who wakes up first? To the static. It's Carol Ann. Okay. Also, yeah. that static was like a strobe light rave party. Like, it was like... Pew, 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 flashing. Horde. It's... It's as if someone was turning the lights on and off when you're trying to sleep. I don't know how any of those guys could sleep through that. Right? I was like, how are you people asleep? Yeah. But they do. They all sleep except for Carol, who wakes up and is approaching the TV again. Because it's kind of a repeat of the previous night where she approached the TV. Yes. But she gets down near the TV and then like a spooky spirit hand comes out of the TV. And it like, it like shoots at the wall above the bed. And everything starts shaking, and it, everyone then wakes up, finally. It's an earthquake in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And hey. Carol just does this, like, weird, like, turn with, like, a kind of a smirk, and she's like, they're here. Oh, that was good. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, and then it immediately goes to the next scene, which it's the next day, it's the next morning, and we just get the scene where a bulldozer is in their backyard. This scene gave me so much anxiety. It is the most chaotic morning scene it's like the three kids are squabbling. Dad's on the phone. Mom's trying to get breakfast going. You got the construction crew digging a pool in the backyard. I'm like, ah, I no, this is too much. I don't like Crazy. it. And they dig up Tweety's grave. Yeah, we see we Bye, see the cigar Tweety. box get pushed over, which is oh. kind of like a. It, it's almost as flippant as Carol is with the death of Tweety in the first place. So it's kind of a funny like. Yeah. Oh, oh, she doesn't care about the bird anymore, and neither do we. We're just going to bulldoze it over. Neither do we. So um, Steve is talking to someone on the phone, and he's basically saying, like, I think, like, we had an earthquake last night. But who he's talking to can't corroborate that. They say, no, I didn't feel anything. Like, so no one else has, like, experienced this. So Steve's kind of going a little crazy here, I think. And like you said, they're at the, they're having breakfast at the, at the dinner table. And finally, Diane's, like, asks Carol what she meant by saying they're here. And she yeah. says, oh, it's the TV people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, uh, all righty then, little lady. Then, like, one of the most annoying scenes, they all start saying, ask dad, ask dad, ask dad. And I'm like, shut the, f- what is this? I, it was this so much. And I was like, were I in this family and I was the 16-year-old, I would grab coffee and then retreat to a different room. I would not sit at the table with my two younger siblings squawking at me. Trying to do your homework. God. That's what she was doing homework that she had for class. No, for I mean, 20 minutes. I, I did do that. I did my homework the morning it was due. Yeah, a lot. What? Sid. Yeah, I was that kid. Mm-hmm. What the? F- my partner's not. My partner is the kind of kid who would have had it done like Friday night, but I was the kid who did it Sunday night or Monday morning. Me too. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> procrastinate till the end. Hey, yeah, like. They're doing this argument, and then Robbie's holding, like, a glass of milk, and it just explodes and, like, covers yeah. her homework. And she's like, oh, my God. And she's, like, freaking out. Like So we're like, okay, who cares? You guys were annoying. Get out of here. 
And then all of a sudden, Carol, like, goes back into the kitchen even further and, like, just turns on the TV and starts watching Static again. Like, it's her favorite show. And she puts her face right next to the screen. And her mom's like, that's bad for your eyes. And then she just changes the channel, but she doesn't make Carol Ann move back at all. She doesn't make her move back. And all she does is said, this will be bad for your eyes. Here, let me turn some war on for you. So she turns on, like, a World War II movie. So not only is she, like, hurting her eyes, but she's watching violence, which is hilarious. She's five. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> the 80s. Robbie is like, wow, oh, I'm going to eat the rest of my food. And then he like picks up both spoon and fork and they're like bent. Like oh, yeah. abracadabra. Alakazam. Oh, when I just wanted to say this real quick. So when Dana leaves, oh. she has to walk past all those construction guys. And she's 16, right? So I thought she was younger before they say she's 16, which made it even creepier. But she's walking through her own backyard with construction people in her own backyard. And these grown ass men are all like whistling and clapping and like hey baby and she's smiling and she flips them off and they're laughing and cheering like it's the best thing ever and then her mom sees it and is like oh ha, 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 that's so funny like what the fuck is happening it was the 80s oh my god yeah. it's so much it was it was very cringe it was a very cringe Ooh. moment uh, not only that, but one of them, one of the construction workers was like, I love you, I love you. It's like, what are you doing? Ew. And the way Dana flips him off, she like starts doing the Macarena and then gives him the whole like arm and elbow flip off and then gives yeah. him the finger too. And it's like, what is, what is this? And she's like smiling and being very flirty while she does it. So she's kind of, she's playing, I don't know. It, it was, it was uncomfy. I didn't and, like it. And mom, Diane thought it was funny and she didn't even go out and say like get out of my fucking backyard you creepos like nope no she, nothing. she thought it was funny yeah really weird really weird cool so i think i think diane goes upstairs at this point and the dog is like well the dog is barking and whining and mm -hmm. diane's like what the what's going on so she goes up into the, her bedroom and the dog is on the bed just like barking and going crazy staring at the wall he's looking at the wall where the hand like went into the wall from the previous night, the spooky ghost hand. And then it starts, like, bringing the ghost toys, like, as a little offering and dropping toys yeah. at the foot of the bed. Again, the dog is, like, the smartest character in this in this movie. It's just mm -hmm. nuts. So we jump back down. Actually, I want to say, like, the design of this house is very interesting. Um, mm -hmm. This this next scene being one of them where the... I don't know how to describe this. It's going to be hard over an audio medium here. But basically... The sink is in the corner of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It has two windows on either side, and the windows can open, which is a really cool design. Like, you can look out yeah. immediately to the outside. But it also lets creepy construction guys just open oh, the window, God. start drinking your water, and then eating the, the food that you're cooking on the stove, which I guess is a perk of that design. Yeah, the construction guy just reaches in to sauce that she has on the stove takes the spoon out of the bowl and then licks it and then puts the spoon back in the bowl, is drinking her coffee, taking bites out of her biscuits. And she's like, she catches him doing it and is like, oh, can I have my coffee back? And he's like, oh, this is really good. Why are they working for you? Fire them, please. Fire them. My God. Jeez. Anyway. Yes. And then Diane has this kind of like, I think she has like a little OCD thing about like having chairs pushed in because she like reiterates this to her kids like push your damn chairs in mm -hmm. and then she immediately walks into the kitchen and all the chairs are out and so she's like <laughs> she's like pushing the chairs back in <laughs> and then she kind of like comes back into the kitchen and we just see this tiny little hand just reach up and grab her back and she's like, oh, like freaks out and carol is mm -hmm. you know jump scaring her mom 
Nice. Diane goes to like get some cleaning supplies. So like the camera pans over to that and then it pans back and all the chairs are like stacked up on top of the table. Initially, she thinks it's Carol that Mm -hmm. like moved all the chairs out or something like that. But Carol's sitting on the countertop. So she clearly could not have stacked the chairs in five seconds or however long that was. Yeah. Diane's like, well, who, who did this? Was this the TV people? And Carol's like, yeah. Yeah. They have this weird exchange where they're just like, yep. And she's like, can you totally. see him right now? And Carol Ann's like, no, can you? And mom's like, uh, no. <laughs> and then and then that was the conversation. That's what? it. And that's it. Now, this part was very confusing to me. So hmm. we get the like shot of the, the kitchen table, and then it just disappears. Oh, the transition? Yes. And then Steve is walking this potential home buyers through this house. And I'm like, wow, they moved because of that. I thought that was saying, oh. like, telegraphing, like, they, oh. that spooked them, so they moved to a different house. No. I think it's commentary on, like, when the suburbs were, like, every yes. house looked the same. Because they mention it, like, five different times. They're like, oh, my God, this house just looks the same. I did think it was funny that the lady, the potential home buyer lady, was like, Steve is talking about, like, oh, you know, we have a house like this. We're in neighborhood one, tri- phase one. This is phase four. And she's like, oh, is that the lived-in looking one? like that was rude ma'am yeah so it yeah it was it was very confusing to me because no i think i think what you said was the point of like these houses are all cookie cutters they're all the same and so you can just like it's the house that they're in is exactly the same house that they're showing to this these want people that want to buy the home yeah the layout's the same when i when i kind of thought about it and it after it tricked me i'm like oh okay that was kind of a interesting that was clever to do that Yeah. yeah so steve gets home from work and Diane, he, so he like pulls up in his thirty-ton station wagon, and is like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab the I'm gonna grab the trash cans that are just laying on the driveway." And he grabs one, and Diane just comes out like, "She's like freaking out on him." And so he like he's like pulled into the house and still holding the trash can and almost brings it into the house, which I thought was kind of funny. Her energy is either super chill or she's just like bouncing off the walls. And I'm like, you would be exhausting to be married to. Relax, Diane. Again, again, cocaine. I I think Diane because, is a cocaine fiend. Because she does, yeah, like it was like the Jack 80s. Says, it, it was the eighties. Coke was everywhere, baby. But like Jack said, she doesn't like come out and be like, "Oh my gosh, I have to show you something." She runs outside and yanks Steve inside. Like mm-hmm. it is, she is not fucking around. But and so the description of this movie that I read um, at the beginning. She's not scared. She's excited. She's a goddamn scientist because she's been experimenting all afternoon to the point where she has not made or even started dinner for her kids. And Carol says as much. She's like, I'm hungry. I'm being abused by mommy by not being fed. And mom's like, Anne's like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Look at these drawings. Look at these crop circles I drew on the floor. (laughs) There's like there's like a circle. And then there's like arrows pointing back to where the dining room table was. It's no longer there because mm-hmm. she's like moved everything out of the way. And then there's another circle. And then she's like, watch this. And she puts the chair in the circle. And then it like, after a while, just starts moving to the other circle, just across the floor by itself. Well, before she does that, she's like, okay, now before I show you this, I want you to think back. Remember a time when like you knew how to suspend your disbelief or something like that, or where you weren't cynical or some like, we had an open mind. Yeah. Open mind. That's what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, if you started off by yanking me in the house and then being like, remember when you had an open mind? I'm going to be like, 
I'm going to go upstairs. You have fun with whatever this is. Goodbye. I'm going to go smoke some bed pot. I, she's, oof. Yeah, so she's a lot. Um, And then, and then she puts a football helmet on Carol and says, like, <laughs> now it's your turn again. Because I get the feeling Carol has been in this experiment several times. All day. Yeah, yeah. just like she sliding across. over the it. Yeah, she's like, I just want to eat. I know. So she puts her, she like sits her on the ground and then like carol just like goes whoop and like goes right across the floor right into uh steve's arms mm -hmm. and then diane's like steve you gotta try it and steve's like no thank you and diane's like no it's great it just feels like a tickling in your tummy and it pulls you across the room and she's so pumped and steve is like this is bad i don't know what you're doing he was like Stop shocked it. yeah yeah and it's a weird thing where like mom is like oh it makes you feel really weird and tingly that's why i subjected my daughter to it it's like what what why she does a literal like it's not a cartwheel but she like jumps up she does a star jump and jumps up in the air and screeches when carol ann gets pulled across the floor like woohoo it's like diane what are you doing i don't know i think she should be a little bit more freaked out i don't know i know uh, kind of like the reaction that steve has where he's just like what is going on he's like he's looking under the chair he's like what how is this happening um yeah. but no. Yeah, Steve's no. a little more appropriately horrified. Yeah. So this is another weird scene. Both Steve and Diane go to the neighbor's house. Ben, who loves Mr. Rogers, and that's all he watches, apparently. This was weird as fuck. Oh, my this God. This was such a weird scene. Yes. We get the impression that they don't get along with their neighbors, because <laughs> Ben is like, why are you fucking at my house why are and you he, here he's standing there with his son mm -hmm. and which is weird that they answer the door together but we just start hearing these like weird like mosquito sounds like <laughs> like and we're we and and all of a sudden this is this is the weirdest dialogue i've ever heard yeah ben says they've never mosquitoes have never bothered him he has never been bitten by mosquitoes and then he turns to his son he's like have you ever been bitten he's like i don't know dad and that's the right response <laughs> yeah like the, right, the kid's he, like, what are you talking about? Like because Steve and Diane are like getting eaten alive, and so Ben's like, no, no one in my family's ever been bitten by a mosquito ever in the entirety of history. It's yeah, they're just, just like so they're like, weird. They're like slapping their face, killing all these mosquitoes. It is it is so weird. It doesn't make any sense. And then I think they're still high, Diane and Steve, because they're like trying to they ask Ben be. a question because they're like. Uh, well, we we just came over. We, you know, uh, we, the, the, I'm like, just spit it out. I was getting so frustrated over this. They kept giggling too. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> I think it's because they know how insane they look. Well, they look more insane now. But that they laughed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then they're slapping themselves. Oh my god, I was I was going insane watching this. So they basically said, "Have you experienced any disturbances?" And they don't say anything, and it's the next scene. It's like, um, okay. <laughs> that was completely pointless. Right. They're trying to ask Ben, like, hey, is your house haunted too? But they ask it in the most fucking awkward way possible. That Ben's like, get the fuck out of here. Don't talk to me. I just want to watch my friendly neighbor in his trains. Yeah. And I want to want, I want a sweater. I, I, I take get off my porch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Watch my little Muppet puppet friends. Exactly. Get out of here. All of what we described is much more sane than what we just watched with Steve and Diane. <laughs> it was so disjointed. It was bizarre. So this must be like the fucking season of storms because another storm is coming. And Robbie's like, oh, gee, Willikers, oh, God. And he's counting how far away the thunder is. He's doing what his dad taught him. And 
then we get this scene where basically Steve is like, no one's going into the kitchen until we know what's going on. Yeah, Diane wants to call an exorcist. And Steve's like, mm. Which, you know, hours before, she was happy sliding around all over the floor. So I don't know where, why she jumped to that conclusion. But right now we get a pretty freaky scene because both Robbie and Carol are in their beds. And the mm. fucking tree just breaks mm. through the window and just grabs Robbie. It was crazy. That was, yeah. That was nuts. Especially because you're not expecting it. You're like, oh, he's afraid of the tree again. And the tree's like, ha ha. And you're like, oh, shit. Tree's alive. Yes. Yes. And uh, I appreciate this again. We've talked about this many times in our mm. uh, episodes. We don't want it to be too long and drawn out. Give us some action up front. And this, I think this happens within the, within the first 30 minutes or so. Yeah. So for something weird like this to happen is very much, okay, you got my interest again. Because I was getting very tired of the bickering family and the high parents and all that stuff. So. <laughs> this came at a good time. Yes. Yeah. So the tree grabs him, pulls him outside, and understandably, I mean, Steve is like, what the? F-? You know, he's like freaking out. <laughs> yes. So Steve and Diane run to go outside to like save him. And by this time, the storm is going pretty nuts. Like it's it's raining. It's like torrential downpouring. Yeah. yeah. But Carol stays in bed. She stays in the room. And and Dana does, too. She's, like, looking out the window watching all this, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the closet door opens in Carol's room. And a bright white light comes on. And there's whispering of, like, come out and play. Come play with me. Mm-hmm. And then we switched outside. And all of a sudden, there is a tornado. That was quick. Yeah, a random fucking tornado in California. Like, um, okay. Hmm. That is... Coming towards them, but not doing any damage to the houses right. next to them. Uh, Dana runs outside at some point because yeah, no one hears Carol Ann screaming later. So this, the tornado's coming. Steve climbs up the tree to save Robbie. And he's, you know, mm-hmm. and it's this scene where we keep switching back between the outside and the inside. So inside, yeah. all the toys in Carol's rooms are being sucked into the closet, which I thought was a really cool, like, effect. Yeah, like, very creepy. Everything's just getting sucked right into the closet mm-hmm. to the point where now Carol is like hanging onto the bed. She's screaming and like for help. getting like getting pulled into the closet. Yeah. Yeah. And outside, the tree is having a nice snack. It is actively eating Robbie. Like mm-hmm. it is sucking him down into in inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty nuts. This would have scared the shit out of me if I'd seen it as a kid. Yeah, honestly. this is this was crazy. <laughs> Carol gets sucked into the closet. Mm-hmm. She's holding on as long as you can, and finally the bed breaks and she flies in into the closet. And then we're back outside, and Steve is able to get to Robbie, and he pulls him out of the tree, and they, like, fall out of the tree, which I'm sure that didn't feel great. And then the tree all of a sudden just, like, uproots, and, like, roots start coming out and wrapping around Robbie and trying to drag him back in. Drag him down. But all of a sudden, so, like, he somehow gets out of that, and then the tornado just sucks the tree up? Yeah, the tornado's like, nah, bye. And they're completely (laughs) fine. Yeah, it was a very polite tornado. Yeah, it, it, it wanted one thing only, and it was... That gnarly tree, that's all. It wanted a haunted tree that likes to eat children, and that's it. It's very specific tornado. So the the next movie is Polter Tornado or something like that? Or it's going to come back and haunt him? Yeah, it's like the sequel to Sharknado. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So different timeline. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Dana comes running out, and it's, this is a weird, I don't know if this was on accident or something, but she, like, runs out, and, like, her clothes fly up, and you just see her in her underwear, which is, like, what the fuck, like, what? Considering how much we see Diane in her underwear later, I don't think it was an accident. There's a lot of sexualization going on there in this is. movie. It's just a weird thing where, like, the wind blows up her shirt, and she, like, immediately pulls it down, like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. That's what it felt like, but I don't know. But Maybe. Maybe. It could have been. Anyway. Now, at this point, when Dana comes out, 
they're all like, Carol, where's Carol? Where's Carol? So they run inside and try to, they go to the room, bedroom, obviously, first. And they see everything, all the, even the beds are like up against the closet. And they finally, like, the wall, yeah. yeah, they're like moving everything out. And they mm-hmm. get down to the bottom of the pile. And it's this figure with a blanket on it. And you surprise. Start, like preemptively sobbing. Oh my God. And then they pull the blanket off and they're like, oh, it's a clown. <laughs> Which they're kind of like, oh, okay, that was funny. It was weird. It's like, that's not funny. Like, you still don't. You're looking for your daughter. Your daughter. <laughs> well, she's not in the closet. No. They go everywhere into the house. They're like looking in the showers, they're looking in the bathrooms, they're looking everywhere, looking underneath the bed. And mm-hmm. for some reason, they think, the swimming pool, which is not a swimming pool. It is a fucking mud pit. Yeah. They're digging a swimming hole. It's because Diane was talking when she's giving that weird story about like, oh, I almost got kidnapped. It's because she used to sleepwalk and that's how she oh. ended up in that weird situation. And she's worried that Carol Ann is going to sleepwalk into the pool and drown. And let me say something. If you can sleepwalk during a tornado, that's impressive. <laughs> So that's why she has that reaction about the yeah. pool. Yeah. So they're they're not finished swimming pool is just it's literally just a <laughs> ginormous mud pit. That's all it is. It is. And Steve is like he like jumps in there. He's like swimming around looking for her because there there is some. I mean because it rains so hard, there is water in the bottom of all that, and he can't yeah. find her. And but so Robbie had stayed inside and notices that Carol is saying "mommy." Oh, also. Robbie is walking from room to room. Everyone else is running around screaming. And Robbie is like shell shocked. He doesn't even talk. He's just got this stunned look on his face. He's covered in yellow tree goo. He's got blood all over him. And his parents are like, fuck you, kid. Where's the other kid? Poor Robbie. Thank you for pointing that out. Because I think, I think Diane and Steve had favorites Uh, or a favorite. Yeah. It's not Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Robbie. Felt bad for him at that. Robbie's got some middle kid syndrome going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so he hears mommy, mommy, mommy in the parents' bedroom. Mm-hmm. And the TV is still on and it's staticky. And he realizes that it's coming from the TV. And he poorly conveys this to Diane, who is, he hears Robbie, they all hear Robbie screaming outside and think, oh, he, he found Carol. So right. they all run back up inside. And no, like uh, Robbie's just trying to basically say, I can hear Carol. And they finally all shut up. And... Carol Ann's in the TV, but he screams for like two minutes yes. straight. And Diane's like, what's wrong? He's like, mm-hmm. mom. Like, okay, Robbie, yeah. Robbie, buddy, Lots. take a breath. What's going on? Overacting, overacting. So, well, so was Diane. They all need to take some acting lessons from the dog. <laughs> Just follow the puppers. Just calm down, <laughs> eat some chips, eat some leftover food, and just just chill. Relax. Just chill. Just get on the bed and start barking. That's yeah, bring me start. some toys. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we are in, I, I don't know what this building is, but it's they basically show an outside shot of a building, which it looks like, like a, maybe like a university building or something like that. Yeah. But we find out that Steve has gone to a parapsychologist. Mm-hmm. So we meet Dr. Lesh, mm-hmm. a woman who is played by Beatrice Strait. And then what looks like, two grad students i'm not sure if that's exactly what they are i think so i think they were um, at least helping her yeah. with her research yeah they're like assistants to her and one was named ryan played by richard lawson and marty played by martin casella i liked ryan i didn't like marty not a big fan of marty marty well we can talk about it later but marty like helps himself to what's in the fridge and is just like touching stuff i'm like marty this is not your house stop it 
It's a very good scene. We will be getting to that. We will not no. skip over that. That's that's the best scene in the movie. So basically what's happening is Steve is in this room and he's talking to those three yeah. people. Dr. Lesh is like, okay, so how old is Diane? How old's your wife? He says, uh, 31, 32, oh, yeah. I mean. Um, and your, your daughter, uh, Dana, she's 16. That's where we do the math. I even have wait, it scribbled in here because I'm like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. And so that so basically Diane was 16 when she yeah. had Dana, which is like, wow. And then they waited a long time because Robbie is eight and Carol Ann is five. They had to get their financial life in yeah, order, I think. I think. So. <laughs> They're like, oh, shit. We had a kid. We got to buckle down. And apparently Steve started selling houses at 18, like which, we were saying. I mean, or honestly, like their house is really nice. They're adding a pool. Like, they're doing fine. They're doing okay. Yeah. On a one one income household. Yeah. God, wouldn't that be nice nowadays? <laughs> anyway. It was the 80s. It was the fucking 80s. Ugh. I'm only going to say it was the 80s with derision. Yeah. Mm. So I thought Dr. Lesh was kind of weird. She When she's asking him these questions, she was like giving these like goofy, goofy faces as she's like, so you're dying, like asking all the like demographics of the family. She's not as weird as the other lady we meet later. This house is clean. Whoever could you mean? <laughs> I think it's more like a her intrigued face is kind of mm-hmm. a it's a, it's a weird it's a weird direction a weird face that she has there for it's that it's a choice <laughs> it's a choice steve is telling him all the stuff that's happening but he you can tell he is very he's in shock cuz he's like giving he's barely audible he's giving like very little details it's like he could care less yeah so and dr lesh is excited cuz she's like we want to investigate mm-hmm. and, and and steve's like yeah yeah whatever just find my daughter that's all i, don't I care, care about just find my kid yeah because to dr right. lesh it's a like it's an exciting case and steve is like i mm-hmm. just want my child back who currently yes. lives in our walls which he does mention that they haven't even gone to the police yet which is kind of an interesting move do we know how long it's been because it doesn't look like he slept, but I don't think it's the very next day. I don't know. Because how long would you go no, without w- without knowing? Your, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just curious. Because it all feels like this movie took with, place within like a week. Very quick. Maybe less than a week. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Steve's like, I just want my I just want my daughter. Yeah. Understandably. Now, as Steve's kind of walking through the house and showing the three that we meet yeah. at, the, at the psychology office. So they're now back at Steve's house. He's doing a little drinky drinky. He's having his little Budweiser and he's swinging that back um, as he's walking through the house. So we know he's like, he's stressed out. It's not Miller High Life. It's not time to relax anymore. It's time for Budweiser. Budweiser, you got got to do. (laughs) You need the Bud Heavy. Also, they didn't really shove down your throat in terms of like product placement. So I don't know. Maybe Budweiser didn't fork up the big money. Budweiser wasn't sponsoring. Craig T. Nelson wanted to drink a Bud on set. I think he's like, that's my brand. I'm going to drink that. I was going to drink that. So he unlocks, he's showing them Carol and Robbie's room. Oh, wait, wait. Yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Jack, I'm sorry. Okay. Jack, I'm sorry. Uh, I have something funny to say. What was I going to say? Oh, be yes. Good. Shut up. So <laughs> What is it? What? <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> so, well, because she he is showing around everybody and Ryan is talking about like, yeah, one time we saw this thing move and it was amazing and like, you can only see it on a time-lapse camera, but it took seven hours for the ghost to move this thing. And Steve is just giving Ryan the most unimpressed look, and he doesn't say anything. And he just opens yeah. Carol Ann's and Robbie's door, and it's just 
mm-hmm. toys spinning everywhere. Ghosts are popping off. Actually, thank you for very funny. That. that was pretty good. Hey, you're yeah. welcome. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, it's basically like a, these parapsychologists have had very little experience compared to what Steve and Diane are dealing with right now. Yes. So that's kind of the, you know, like you said, it's the the revelation that like, oh, you think you think the wind blowing a toy car across the floor over seven hours is bad? Watch this. And they like opens the door. <laughs> and I don't know. Do you want to describe what we see in this room? So it's I called it a whirling dervish in my notes. It's like a little mini tornado of like toys and books and the ghosts are throwing shit around and they keep coming up to the door and like like throwing toys in the face of the dr lush and her buddies it's very (laughs) funny the ghosts are taunting them essentially yeah yeah like the bed spinning around toys just come up and go and they make all these (laughs) weird noises yeah like a book pops in front of their face and it's just like like doing that stuff it's like okay but like man the cgi Oh, it it was rough in this part. She's rough. (laughs) She's a rough part. But it was still a cool effect. Like, I mean, they had to convey it that this fucking room was haunted somehow. And they they did it that Mm -hmm. way. So, so uh, understandably, we need to head on down to the dining table and have some coffee and discuss what we just saw. Obviously. Because Mrs. Lesh is like... Her hand is like shaking as she's like trying to drink her coffee and that was like, doing that thing. That was funny. It it was pretty good because like Diane's like, so what'd you think? And Mrs. Les is like, oh well, it was it was there was something going on, and her hand is giving it away that she is. Uh, yeah, this has very much disturbed her. This whole this scene. has startled her. <laughs> yes. One. Well, yes. I I love the one part where she's like. Diane, the determination to whether or not your house is haunted oh, is yeah. very hard to mm-hmm. determine. And at the exact moment, the coffee mug just slides across the table in front of her. Yep. That was <laughs> yes. great. And both both Ryan and Marty are like, what the fuck? And they're like looking under the table and like trying to figure out what's going on, how that happened. And then the light like flashes and she's like, oh, oh. And then like Diane's like, don't worry, it'll happen two more times here in a second. So like the fact that they're so in tune with how all this like the patterns of this makes me think it's been a while That's what before they thinking. reached out to the psychologist yeah right because they're not like jumpy like you would be if this was all very very new yeah like the psychologists are yeah i like that the ghosts are a little bit petty like their timing is good like oh we don't know if your house is haunted and then yeah like link said the coffee pot like whoop just gets pulled across the table you gotta love a ghost with good comedic timing that's right it's, it's, it's important man yes so they're talking about all like the the difference between like a haunted house and like a poltergeist intrusion. Yes. And it's just like, okay, you're going way too in the weeds with this. Right. Like nobody really cares. I don't, we, we don't care. The fact is that it's happening. Yeah. And what I wrote in my notes is the family is in shock, but they're not shocked by what's going on. Yes. I would agree like with that. Yes. Because everything, again, we just kind of said this where they're, they're predicting what is going to happen because they've, they've been living with it for however much time like they're kind of aware of some of the patterns that the ghosts have at this point yes and like they're like oh we keep carol ann's room locked we all sleep down here in the main room now so that's why i was kind of Mm -hmm. thinking it was a little bit of time yeah i think you're right i think it's actually it's this is probably over a maybe a couple weeks or something i don't i don't know for sure because later when his boss comes by he's convinced that steve is gonna quit because he's been out sick so long Mm -hmm. he said the flu quote unquote the flu Lie better. Yeah. Say it's like mono or pneumonia or something. And then your boss wants to come over and have a chat. Oh, you had mono? Why don't you just talk real close to my face? Hey, that. that's a kissing disease, right, buddy? Hey. 
And his boss wanted to kiss him, it looked oh like. Oh, my God. He was a close talker. Anyways, that's later. Sorry. Yes. So they, they basically try to make contact with Carol, with the psychologist there. And Ryan notices, like, the dog is acting weird again. It's, like, standing on its hind legs, looking up at the ceiling and barking. So kudos to the guy that was holding the dog treat up out of the camera's view to get that to happen. Mm -hmm. So they finally contact Carol. Yes. And... She is like, ah, help me. Like it's, 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 you know, it has this effect on it where it makes it sound like it's far away. Yeah. Mom. Um, yeah. And she keeps talking about a light and they're like, D don't go to the light. Don't go to the light. God. The amount of times they're like, go to the light. Don't go to the light. Go to the light. Don't go to the light. Carol Ann just has to be in the other dimension being like, listen, motherfuckers, let me know when you make up your mind and then I will go. But this is bullshit and I'm done. It's like 10 different times. <laughs> It is. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so as they're having this conversation, a uh, cloud forms, and I'm surprised Robbie didn't shit his pants after seeing a cloud, <laughs> but the cloud forms and then just starts raining down like jewelry and watches. Oh, yeah. Real weird. Mm -hmm. And I, this is a good line from Steve. He's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's like, oh, now now you're surprised by this? What okay. The hell? Yeah. Uh, Carol says there's someone with her. I think it's something about these scenes with Diane where she is. I get that she's distraught and she's super excited to talk to Carol Ann and this is all she has and she can't see her and all mm -hmm. that. It's just sometimes she it's too much. And I don't know if that was just me or if that comes across to to you. No, I absolutely agree. And we're we're going to get to that here in a second because Carol says there's someone with her. And then it sounds like they can hear footsteps running that was creepy. On the ceiling yeah. or something? They kind of run towards the top of the stairs, I guess is what the implication is there. Yeah. But Diane starts going up the stairs, and then all of a sudden there's like this like gush of wind, and she's like, oh my god, I felt my, my daughter went through me. Blah, blah. And that's, I agree with that. It's like, what are you talking about? Like Carol Ann's soul apparently like zipped through her, and Diane just, it's a lot. She, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she said she felt her soul or something like that. The one thing that, like, I mean, yes, okay, yeah, you have that sensation. How do you convey that to other people in the room? Sure. Oh, her scent. You can smell her. So she lets Steve smell the scarf. He's like, oh, yeah, it is her. And, like, you know, like, so there is that kind of, like, tangible proof to the other people in the room that something happened. But, like, Diane's reaction is very weird. She, yeah, it's 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 he pretty off. Me, I, I can say. smell her. Smell my scarf. She was weak okay. through me. Oh, okay. Like Diane, oh, babe. Jeez, lady. I'm, but that's what it was like. And you're like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Pull it back. <laughs> just, just. I'm Catherine Hepburn in it right now. She was. Can't you hear me? It was. It was so much, and you're just like, relax. And then the evil spirit comes flying down the stairs, it's and it's like, kaboom, kabooj. It rushes past all of them, and then it, like, goes up into the ceiling, I think. Is, is that where I'm Yeah, doing? I think so. Yeah. They all have the appropriate reaction to a ghost that time. Because before, they're like, this is amazing. What a beautiful miracle. And then the monster comes, and they're like, ah, fuck, a ghost, a monster. And you're like, that's what you should have been doing the whole time. Yeah, when all that shit was sliding across the floor, sliding you should have been freaking out. <laughs> Man. Anyway. So one of the guys of the of the psychologist, Marty, had gone upstairs because he was going to, like, go into yeah. the bed uh, bedroom and investigate. Mm -hmm. And I kind of forgot he went up there and he was gone while all this was happening. Yeah. But he just comes down the stairs and he he's like, guys, I 
must have had this like muscle spasm and he like pulls up his shirt and it's like a giant thing took a bite out of him or or, or bit him not a bite yeah, out of him he but... has like teeth marks from his hip up to like his armpit like whatever yeah. bit him has a huge mouth yes so this prompts the psychologist to stay in the house with the family that night mm-hmm. I mean understandably they're all freaked out because they're they're doing their psychoanalyst babble about what they think is going on. They're 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 saying all these like keywords that don't mean anything, but like they're they're trying to put it in terms of like, oh, we're we're studying this and we're trying to understand what's going on here. It's ghost huntery stuff, essentially, before ghost hunters was a thing. Like the show. Zach and all Baggins. That. Yeah. Hey. Zach Baggins. This place is fucking on it. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> And this this part was weird. I, this is where I had I had to like turn the volume up, like double the volume, because they're all whispering. They're like doing this. Thing. It was ASMR before ASMR was a thing, and like everyone's awake because at first they're whispering because people are asleep, but literally everyone's awake at this point. Yeah, I was like, why are you still whispering? Can't hear anything. I had to turn on subtitles, which I don't like doing, but mm. I did have to do it that time. They're talking about souls. They're talking about dying. They're talking about going to the light because Robbie's kind of asking questions about that at this yeah. point. He's like, so what, what does it all mean? And they're trying to kind of explain like the afterlife to him, which good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dr. Lesh, and this is basically a conversation between Diane, Robbie and Dr. Lesh. Yeah. Uh, Dana spent the night at a friend's house, by the way, everyone else is still there. Smart. But yeah, no, right, she's smart. Dana's the smart one. Cause she's out of the house most of the time. Yeah. It freaked her out enough where she's like, I'm going to go. Uh, hang out with my boyfriend. That's <laughs> basically what happened. Yeah. Dr. Lesh is saying some people refuse to go to the light and then they get angry and like someone dies and then they refuse to go pass on to the other side and then they get angry. Yeah. Some people get lost and can't find the light or know where to go. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're like kind of introducing these different like personalities for the spirits. Yeah. And the one that just like came barging down the stairs and bit Marty is apparently an angry one. Is a scary one. Well, yeah, a little man. Because I think Robbie doesn't. Robbie started off by saying, "Like, if I die, can I go see Carol Ann?" And they're like, "Well, Carol Ann's not dead. She's in this weird in between, and that's Doctor mm. Lesh. That's what kicks off her confusing conversation for an eight-year-old." To be fair, I mean, he has the most logical thinking. It's like, "Oh, if I just die, I'll go help, like, be with her. Yeah, I'll go be with my sister." And they're like, "Don't. It's not quite like that, son. There's a purgatory <laughs> thing going on." And like, do they fucking know what they're talking about? I don't think so. No. Mm. At this point, everyone falls asleep except for Marty and Ryan. They're kind of like the watch guards. They're 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 monitoring the equipment. They're mm-hmm. making sandwiches. <laughs> they're eating eating everyone's eating all the food in the kitchen. Well, I guess one person does that. Ryan politely sits there, listens to his music, and draws. Marty thinks it's his house and goes and raids the fridge. And not only that, he gets out a little chicken drumstick and he gets out a huge. I don't know, was it the T bone? And he, like, gets out a pot. Like, were you going to cook it in the middle of the night while everyone's sleeping? Marty, do you live yeah, on an like, island? It's like 3 in the morning. Um, apparently his brother is the construction worker who was just helping himself to all the food in the kitchen. <sighs> because, yes, Marty is, he, like, opens the fridge, grabs a drumstick, and just sticks that in his mouth. And he's just, that's that's part of his face now for a little bit. It, it's yeah. It's really weird. And then, like you said, he grabs a steak. So I I was thinking about this because this is probably before microwaves were very commonplace, I guess, maybe. So, like, your idea of making a quick meal is to get out a pan like you're going to make a steak. In the middle of the night. Okay, I'm going to look this up. In the middle of the night. You were looking at microwave? Yes. Like when it was, like, a common thing in households? Yes. So while you're looking at that up, Sid, 
on-the-fly research. Thank you. You're welcome. Mar- <laughs> also, there was another uh, product placement because Marty like finishes a bag of chips. I don't even know what they were called. But... It was an original bag of Cheetos. Yeah, Cheetos? the Cheetos. Oh. Cheetos. Old logo. Yeah. Old, old, old. They looked like uh, Cracker Jack. That's how. That's what that logo kind of reminded me of a little bit. But yeah, they. Yeah. But the thing is, it was flattened. It the bag was like ironed out to yeah. the point where you're like, oh, this is absolutely product placement because it's like pristine. So that they can read it clearly. Yes. So oh, yeah. The microwave so, came around in 1945, but it was not. Oh fuck! It wasn't common <laughs> until the 70s. So for this house, that makes sense that they wouldn't have had one yet, especially if this was newer. Okay. Okay. So. I don't know. May, who, who knows? That's kind of beside the point because Marty is a fucking monster and should not be. Why are you taking my gigantic steak, Marty? Presumably that's in the fridge because they're going to make that the next day, right? Yeah. They're Marty. thawing it out and fucking medium rare Marty's just going to fucking eat that shit. <laughs> medium rare Marty. <laughs> and that that's going to be true here in a second. So, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he has the chicken wing hanging out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. He like is is fixated on something else he, he he not only does that but he just slaps the the steak on the counter yeah and then all of a sudden he hears these like like squishy noises i thought that too listen marty you fuck not only did you take my food you put it down on my clean ass counter without a paper towel without a plate what the fuck is the matter with you get out of my kitchen oh my god that's a good shit. anyways i'm very protective of my kitchen okay and diane's kitchen Whew. It's fine. I'm fine. Man, that one, that one stung. Can you tell I, I don't share my kitchen? <laughs> well, I can tell you don't like when other people use it or touch your food. Yes. Yeah. So Marty's watching. I mean, Marty's kind of falling apart here. He is. He is. He's. Boo. Boo, Link. <laughs> Boo yourself. Edit that in. <laughs> yeah. So, so Marty is. He's having a he's having a little episode here because the steak is like a inchworm. It's like <laughs> moving like a worm across the countertop, and it's making all these great squishy ASMR noises. Oh, it's bad. Uh, yeah, and then so Marty is like, okay, what's that sound? So he like turns around and points the flashlight at the steak, and all of a sudden the steak like starts like gushing stuff out of it. It was the yeah, it was disgusting. That was so foul. And as soon as he does this, he like drops the chicken wing. Because he has to gasp, and it's hard to do with a chicken wing in your mouth. True. Chicken wing falls to the ground, and he looks at it, and it's, like, covered in maggots. That was nasty. And that's what he thought, too. So he immediately, like, turns to a sink, and, like, he's, like, like, spitting and stuff. Like, oh, that's disgusting. And the light above the sink starts getting very bright and starts turning all these weird colors. Mm -hmm. And this, this part, this part was so awesome. This part was great. Honestly, like, Marty has a lot of stuff happen to him for not being that big of a character. Right, right. Yes, I'm sorry. Your great sink scene. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) what happens is Marty looks in the mirror, and he notices he has, like, a little, like, like cut on his cheek. Uh Uh-huh. So he starts, starts like, kind of peeling the skin, and then all of a sudden his, his face... Gets a little clay claymationy, you know. Like, <laughs> but we'll, we'll go past that. Great, great effect too. I know, like at a certain yeah. point, it didn't really look like him, but it was such a good. Uh, the effort involved in like making this had to have been pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, he starts ripping his skin. Mm-hmm. His his face turns to clay, and he just keeps ripping off giant chunks of his skin until you can see his skull. 
And yeah, all of this is like falling into the sink. He's just pulling his blood and guts and viscera off his face and just, and he doesn't. He doesn't stop. And he's yeah. not like yelling or screaming. He mm -hmm. just keeps pulling all this, all of his meat face, his face meat off. Pull that face meat, and baby. Then, ooh, love that face meat. But, you know, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's just a, it's just a weird vision he's having because it, it all, he like snaps out of it and then his, he's like looking in the mirror and he's fine. And he's fine. But man, what a, what a nightmare to have. That was there. creepy. Yeah. So that, that was great. That was probably the best scene to me in the, in the movie, I think. Mm, it's very squishy. So now we're, we're back with Ryan. You know, he's listening to his little songs, his little tunes and doing his drawings. Little beat. He's not really paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing because he's supposed to be monitoring all this equipment. Mm-hmm. And much like in Tremors, we see a lie detector seismograph, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it's just the needle starts going crazy. Mm -hmm. So we know, obviously, it takes a big brain to read those. We know that from the past episode. Big old brain, Rhonda. Big old brain. So, And it also takes you to be looking at it, which is what Ryan is not true. doing. True. That's true. So the equipment's going crazy. Ryan's still like doodling and stuff. Marty comes back out of the kitchen after having... Probably the worst time of his life, peeling his face apart. But Well, don't raid my fucking kitchen, Marty, and then you'll be fine. All right? I feel like this was like a fever dream of what you wanted to do to Marty when he was <laughs> putting that steak on the counter. It was just me. I'm like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Rip your face apart. I will. Marty comes back out, and he notices, because basically, like, the camera is panning up to the top of the stairs, and we're seeing what looked like the, the ghost hand that originally came out of the TV. It's like now at the top of the stairs, coming out of the room. Marty kind of walks into the living room and is he looks up and immediately sees this. Mm -hmm. And he kind of like slowly walks over to Ryan in awe and he taps him on the shoulder and he like points at it. Mm -hmm. And they're both like looking at it just like, oh my God. And basically wow. what they're seeing is, yeah, it's like a, it looks like a woman, I think. That's what it looked That's like to me. That's kind of what I thought too. That was my best like estimation of what they were trying to make it look like. Yeah, it was like a woman with like like a big uh, willowy blowing in the wind shroud mm -hmm. that kept kind of obscuring her face and moving around. And there's all yeah. these like bright orbs, mm -hmm. orbs, you know, like in Ghost Adventures. Orbs. Yep, and they're floating around, and it's it's very bright too. So it's like this kind of like brilliant, brilliant scene. Mm -hmm. And and everyone wakes up at this point, so. To your point about the, like, strobe TV effect, like how mm -hmm. everyone sleeps through that, they all wake up to this. Oh, God, the lights! Yeah, so they're all freaked out. They're, they're you know, all waking up and like, whoa, seeing this. And the thing just kind of, like, floats up into the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And luckily, they were able to record this with all the equipment they had set up. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was pretty cool to, like, see the... Because you can't really see it that well, so it was cool to see it, like, mm -hmm. broken down as different souls on the camera when they watch it back. That was a good right. effect. Yeah, so I almost thought I, like, missed something during the main viewing of it in, in person, quote-unquote, because you see one figure, but then when they play it back, there's, like, a parade of, yeah. of spirits walking past the camera. And so, yeah, they catch us on the camera, and Dr. Lesh says, go to the playback. So they immediately mm -hmm. start watching this, and, like, oh, okay. So it basically it tells them that there's more than one spirit. There's, like, a, a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah. This was pretty funny to me, too, because I imagine this was at the insistence of Robbie. But in the morning, Robbie and the dog just get in the cab and get the fuck out of there. Right? Like, eight years old, and his parents are like, bye. 
I take a cab to grandma's house? And the dog kind of looks at the family and looks at Robbie and looks at the family and is like, nah, fuck it. And he gets in the cab with Robbie and then they drive away and you're like, oh, okay, bye-bye. Yeah, the dog's like, hmm, there's probably more food at grandma's house, so I'm going to go over there. This kid's going to drop scraps. Like, this is probably a better call. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, now it is just... So, the, the, the team, the psychology team, has they have a plan. Weirdly enough, Steve and Diane are still going to stay at the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think it's kind of weird, but well, I guess Diane, I mean, Carol's Diane still there. doesn't want to leave Carol Ann. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And Steve doesn't want to leave Diane. Right. And Dr. Lesh says, I'm going to go back to the lab. I have all these watches and jewelry that dropped out of that cloud in the middle yeah. of the room, and we have the tapes. So, I'm going to go study these and see what we can find out. When... Dr. Lesh says, "I'm." or were you about to say it? When she says, I'm going to come back. And then, like, Diane just cries and then sits in Dr. Lesh's fucking lap and, like, gives her a whole-ass body hug. And you're like, Diane, you're sitting in, in her lap. It's a tender moment. Bro. I, I might have shed a tear at that part. Did you? No. Yeah. But Dr. Lesh also says that Marty isn't coming back. He's like, <laughs> Marty's Fuck done. This. <laughs> Fuck this. I just peeled my face off. Yeah. And tried to eat a steak in your house and I couldn't do it. So I'm I'm not coming back. I mean, I wouldn't come back if I were Marty either. Hell no, he saw some shit that night. <laughs> so after the little lapse it and, and Dr. Lesh reassures Diane that like I'm coming back and I'm gonna bring help. Like I'm not gonna leave you. Like stranded. Like the sentiment was nice, but it was so awkward. It was weird. Yeah. This is the part where we get Steve's boss, who is Mr. Teague. So Steve's boss is like, what's up, son? How's it going? He's like, kind of like, just checking up. I have a feeling he's checking on him to like, partly to be like, are you actually sick, you motherfucker? Like that kind of thing. That's what that feels like. Right, he's been out long enough. Like, oh, you have the flu? Let me just drop by and see what's going on here. Right. And Steve does, he looks at him and he's like, you like shit. And Steve's like, uh, thanks. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, you know, that happens when you have the flu for five months or whatever. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> An indeterminate amount of time. But Steve has like, Five o'clock shadow. He's wearing the same shirt, and you can see like pit stains. So you like you know stuff is not right. It's not, not like he's thing. yeah. No, no. But he kind of does this thing. His boss is like, "Come on outside. I want to take you in a car ride." And it's like, "What?" Like, no. It's like okay. Thick. Yeah. So Steve goes with him, so, which leaves Diane at the house alone. Which good job, Steve. Good sure. husband. And okay, this this fucking part. Mm-hmm. I. I hate when movies do this. Diane's like by the bedroom door uh-huh. and she like hears like, it sounds like water dripping or something like that. And she's like, hello. Oh, and yeah. then she opens the door and it's like, <laughs> it's like the loudest scream. Yeah. In in the known universe. And it, it scared the crap out of me. I was not expecting that. Oh, yeah. And then she starts crying. She's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why did you open it in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that pissed off the demon or whatever, but yeah. dumbass Jack here had had the sound boosted up from the whispering oh. scene. So I'm just like, oh my God, like it, it was oh, bad. So you scared yourself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we get that nice little jump scare and then we're back to Steve and his boss who are up on a hill. And uh, like you said, said, I think Mr. T basically kind of thinks that Steve is thinking about leaving the company. Yeah. He thinks he's going to quit. So he's trying to like, Oh, I know we should have made you partner three years ago, but we'd love to do that mm-hmm. for you now. And like, 
here's transition five and we'll build your house up here and like all these perks because he doesn't want him to leave the company he's like you make up 42 percent of our sales of our entire company i'm like damn just steve you need to hire more people yeah 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 or you need to like like you're doing now trying to sweeten the deal to get him to stay there if he's doing that much business for you right oh and but uh mr teague is played by james karen i, I forgot to oh, say yes. that there mm-hmm. yeah so they're in phase five or they're basically on the top of this hill and it has a good view like it looks into the valley and it, it is a like if you had a house there it'd be a cool view uh, but the thing that they don't mention or, or show right away is that it's a fucking cemetery they just kind of like pan over because there's like a white fence yeah and all of a sudden, Steve's like, well, you know, there's a cemetery here. What are we going to do with all this shit? And we find out that basically Mr. Teague is like, uh, well, you know, we'll just relocate the cemetery. And Steve's like, well, that would be like sacrilegious. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And the boss is like, oh, it's not some ancient tribal burial ground or anything. It's just people. And it's like, what? We find out here in a little second, in a second that Mr. Teague has done this before. Mm-hmm. Like, where he lives now, where Steve lives now, used to be a cemetery because, you know, the boss says as much. Ancient burial ground. Yep. Well, I guess, I, I don't know. Like, it's, uh, because if, if there used to be a cemetery where his houses are, and, because we get a shot of the cemetery that they're standing by, and it's huge. So was this entire valley just a cemetery? That's Maybe. a lot of dead people. But some of the one of the graves was like 1903, and I'm like, holy shit! So these are like dusty, crusty bodies. They've been there for a minute. Dusty, so. crusty bodies. But yes, Steve's neighborhood is also built on an ancient burial ground, and they did not disclose that at first. And Steve's like, what if someone had complained? And Mr. Teague's is like, well, no one's complained till now. And like, yeah, probably because they didn't know. Right. Next, I think we get to meet your favorite character. From what I've been, <laughs> what I've been hearing. Is that a yes? That's a yes, Sid. Uh, she's something. <laughs> so they bring in Tangina. 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 I don't know. It's Tangina. not Tangina. It's never Ina. Oh. Oh. No. Okay. It's never. Anyway, Tangina is played by Zelda Rubenstein. Yes. And she is a. And this is the help that Dr. Lesh said she was going to bring to the house. And what Tangina ends up being a clairvoyant. And the purpose is that she's going to cleanse the house. Supposedly, that actress is actually says she's clairvoyant and can predict the future. Oh, so she wasn't acting. That, well, that's what it. That's what Amazon Prime said. <sighs> so who knows? And then they're like, buy these tarot cards. Anyway. <laughs> so, so and, and they're all in the house. Tangina's kind of like walking around and like assessing the environment. So it's basically Tangina, Dr. Lesh, Ryan, Steve, and Diane. Yes. And oddly enough, Steve is skeptical. And it's like, dude, after all the shit you have just gone through and have seen and like your daughter's missing, wouldn't you just give that shit a try? Like now you're skeptical, my guy. I do think it's funny, though, that she's like going through the house to try to figure out what's happening. And she's like. Can you can you guys back up? Get away from me! You're jamming my frequencies. Yeah, it's like because <laughs> Ryan's like filming with the camera. Yeah, and yeah, so she's like getting all kind of <laughs> getting a little snarky there. That was funny. Tangina says that the spirits are attached to attracted to Claire due to her life force. Carol Ann, not Claire. Yeah. Carol um, Ann. Well, I've just been saying Claire this whole time because I ain't Southern. Sorry. 
you've been saying Carol, but it's Carol Ann. Claire was Event Horizon. Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. Which also gave people visions That's of true. nightmarish sequences. Yeah, it's just a yeah. callback. Thank you, Link. Yeah. Thank you, Link. It's definitely on purpose, for sure. Haunted houses and haunted ships. Ah! Here, that ship was built on a burial ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apparently Carol must, Tangina is saying, is basically Carol has to help the spirit pass over. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very long-winded explanation. It's that so I, much. I, I got so bored within the first sentence of it, I stopped paying attention because it was just it was just too much. Well, I do think it's funny that she is so short, she makes them all come and sit down on the ground in front of her like they're little kindergartners while she tells them what's going on. I'm to my level class, yes. <laughs> but she says that other than the spirits that want to pass over and are using carol to do so mm-hmm. there isn't a very angry vengeful spirit that is with them and she that that spirit is like basically the cause of all these problems well and she called it like a rage-filled creature and then she's like to carol ann it looks like a child but to us we would call it the beast and i'm like is it the devil like what is she talking about that's what i thought she was like say because like you know we look at diane and she's like oh my god and like she has like a reaction to that and it's yeah. like is this the devil is this supposed to be satan I was kind of unclear. Did they bury Satan in the cemetery? That's weird. Did they disturb Satan's grave? How dare you? (laughs) Now they have this like little cool montage where they gear up. And I thought it was going to be much longer and like much more um, entertaining. But it's literally all they do is they gather a rope and then put one and two on two tennis balls. That's all they do. (laughs) Yes. That's their plan. Like, we did it. <laughs> I did think uh, Tangina was a badass, though, because she yeah. was just like, she, you know, she was very calm and collected during all of this, like leading up to this point. If Diane is extra energy and like way too like flaily and uh, Tangina is very much like, bro, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. Like, here is one, two, three. Let's get your kid back. Break. Yeah, tennis ball one, tennis ball two, three is the rope. Let's do it. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. So she tells Steve, they're basically trying to call Carol out again. So they're upstairs yeah. by the bedroom, and she's like, Diane, oh, yeah. this was call, yeah, call your daughter. And she's like, please, honey, I need me say and, and Carol's like, I don't, I'm not even going to answer you. So she doesn't, and <laughs> finally, Tangina's like, all right, Steve. You gotta be. She, well, she's like trying to figure out like how, who who is the disciplinarian. Like who would Carol Ann exactly. be afraid of if she got in trouble? Okay, so of course Steve is gonna be the one that is is gonna be doing this. So is she Tangina tells Steve to be very forceful and like kind of threaten punishment. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "Honey, where the fuck are you?" Basically, and... I'm gonna smack your ass. Come here. <laughs> that sounds like oh, not like a that. little bit of uh, Diane and <laughs> no, Steve's no, no, uh, no, bedroom no. play there. <laughs> That's not that's not what I meant. Okay. So, yeah, she tells Steve to be stern and call out to Carol. Yeah. And he does, and she responds. And she's basically being, what Tangina says is she's being restrained, and that's why she won't answer them right away. They bring up the stupid light thing again, and Tangina tells Diane to tell Carol to go to the light again. Mm-hmm. And, Sid, what do you think about this? Oh, my God. It was so much because Dr. Lesh earlier says, don't tell Carol Ann to go to the light. Tell her, like, that's scary. And so... 
now Diane's like, if I tell Carol Ann to go to the light, then she'll die. And so Tangina makes her do it. And she's like, I hate you. And Carol Ann, go to the light. No, Carol Ann, don't go to the light. Go to the light. Don't go to the light. And it's just, it's five minutes of back and forth. And it's, oh my God. Yes. Now, I will point out that Tangina did say in the little pep talk down in the living room, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you to do some things you're probably not going to want to do. Yes. And Diane's like, I'll do anything. I'm like, I'll do anything. And so Tangina's like, okay, well. That... And then this is the point where it's like, you need to tell her to go to the light. And Diane's like freaking out. Like she didn't just hear that conversation or understand that conversation I'll with Tangina. I'll do anything, so. but not that. I don't but not that. Them. Okay. Don't go to the light. So they open the bedroom door, yeah. and it there's a fucking grave going on in the closet. Much like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. when Nancy's yes! mom... Yes! When her mom gets sucked into the bed, there's a little rave in the bed. Good callback. <laughs> Hell yeah! So I imagine Freddy's in there, too. Yeah, just just like, party. yeah, let's go, bitch! <laughs> Doesn't he say bitch a lot? So. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, so Tangina throws... Tennis ball number one, mm-hmm. numero uno in the closet, and it like does this weird like flamethrower effect back at Tangina, and she's like, oh, she like staggers back. But Ryan is down in the, on the first floor, and the ball comes out, and he catches it. He's like, I'll be a son of a bitch. That's my handwriting. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be a son of a bitch. It's the same ball, so they know that like the closet leads to like a weird portal. Yeah, that appeared downstairs. Mm-hmm. So they throw a ball number two, which. Why do you do that? Why do you need the second one? Maybe to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Maybe like the the demon spirit's not messing with you or something. He's not like, ha asshole, I had a tennis ball ready. And then Tajina's like, I'm going to give you a number two. And he's like, that's disgusting. But he spits it and it poops out on the first. Never mind. So now they throw the rope in. And so what happens now is that the rope falls down downstairs Ryan has one end of the rope. Steve has the other end of the rope on the in the bedroom in the by the closet. Now I did make I did make a mention here, which is kind of interesting. Everything that is coming through this portal mm-hmm. is covered in pink slime, yeah. so it must be the Taco Bell Taco Bell dimension. I thought that was McDonald's with the pink slime. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know. We're sorry to both companies. Please don't get mad. Fuck both of them. Well, okay, but some of us like McDonald's. <sighs> I'm just saying. Why don't you take a big rib out of the fridge and fry it up at four in the morning? Well, in my own house, I would because I'm not a fucking heathen. I wouldn't do that to somebody else. Do you have some McRibs? No. Are you hoarding McRibs? Okay. No. Good. Anyways. Well, that's okay because in my fridge, I just have pink slime. Ew. That's fucking foul. (laughs) Well. You what? If you have Taco Bell, that's what it is. Okay. So now... We get the brave Tangina, and she's like, I'm going in. And they're like, what? You can't. No, no, no. You can't do that. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Diane argues with her, and she says, Tangina, you've never done this before. And Tangina says, you're right. You go in. And it's. (laughs) It just. Tangina's like, yeah, Diane's like, oh, she's not going to come to you. Like, I should go. And Tangina's like, you don't know what you're doing. You've never done this before. And Diane's like, neither of you. And Tangina's like, you know what? Fair point. I don't want to go into this weird-ass ultimate dimension either. So go get your kid. Bye. (laughs) Great moment. (laughs) By the way, we haven't mentioned this, but this is all screamed at the top of everyone's lungs. Because there's so much wind going by. Yeah, the rave is bumping, and it's it's too loud for anyone to know what they're saying. So they're screaming all these lines. You've never done this before. Neither have you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So cue the freaking subtitles again. Yeah. I had to turn them back on. Aww. So at this point, Tangita's like, okay. Well, she didn't really give her instructions. Not because, really. She just you know, like loops. Having not done it herself, she's yeah. like, yeah. So Steve ties the rope around uh, Diane's waist. Mm-hmm. They make out for like 30 minutes. Oh, my and God. And Dr. Lesh is like, oh, my God, that's awesome. She is. She's like, oh, it's so romantic. And you're like, you miss me. Huh? Hey, I mean, when there's a rave going, you got to make out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is uh, the best night of my life. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I get you a drink? <laughs> it's my birthday. I've never done this before. <laughs> People are going to hate this second. Wow. <laughs> We're just trying to simulate what it sounded like in the movie because it they're like screaming all yeah. these. We'll add some wind noise. That was oh, that so good, good, you guys. 40? Perfect. Oh, and, and by the way, yeah, I want to put a big thanks out <laughs> to uh, Vanessa Theme Ament. Vanessa Thema Ment was the Foley artist for this movie. Oh, to her because she made some interesting noises. Yes, she did. <laughs> Starting yeah, with that celery I, crunch. I love her work. Yeah, which literally was probably just her biting celery. Yeah. To... <laughs> Maybe. But, I mean, I she wanna... only worked on 163 movies. Well, what, what was cow. her name again? I'm sorry. Let's shout her out again. Uh, Vanessa Thema Ment. Well done, Vanessa. I, I, if I met her in person. Vanessa, I love your work in the Poltergeist. I loved that steak sound that you got going when it was crawling across the counter. My favorite work of yours. I admire her so much. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's just I just I want to meet my hero. It was. Oh wait. Oh god, I just grossed myself out. Can you? Cut Were you that? an understudy for Vanessa? Uh, oh. No. Okay. Are you making yourself gags? Yes. Thing? Oh. That was disgusting. I'm so sorry. Can we move on? Thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks. On. So, okay. So, Diane goes into the into the rave. Yeah. Into the other and the bouncer says, fuck, you're, no, you're not coming in here. And so, the movie ends. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> no, okay. So, Diane goes in. Mm-hmm. And Tangina is basically like, let her, let her go. Let her keep going. And she's saying, like, go to the light. Go to the light. She's talking to, I believe she's talking to all the other spirits that are not. Yes. Uh, Carol and the benevolent spirit. She's mm-hmm. saying, be free. Go to the other side. You're she's free now. The other spirits cross over. And Steve is such a fucking idiot. He's like, what are you doing? You said not to do that. And it's like, she's not Steve. Shut up, all right? Let her work. That little conversation about maybe telling you things you don't want to hear, that applied to you too, buddy. God, like, do you pay attention, Steve, or are you high again? To be fair, maybe he misheard her because it was really hard to tell. Probably. He wasn't, he didn't have subtitles. (laughs) Uh, So Steve yanks on that rope prematurely, and he pulls out a fucking skull demon from the closet. (laughs) Yes, he did. Which freaks out Tangina. So they kind of have this moment where... Okay, now things are not going according to plan because Steve fucked them up. Damn it, Steve. But it works out anyway because Diane and uh, Carol just fall out of the, the basement. Or they, they fall out from the other side, which is just the ceiling, mm-hmm. and land on the ground. And they're covered in pink slime. They went to Taco Bell hell. Ew. Well, um, yeah, and like mm-hmm. Ryan carries them. Ryan and Steve carry them to the bathroom, put them in the bathtub. And then instead of CPR, Steve is just like, Marie! 
breathe. I'm like, Steve, did you want to do something medically helpful here or just keep screaming breathe at your wife and child? Yeah? Okay. That was prior to the Heimlich. Prior to the Heimlich. And it CPR. No. When did... Okay, I'm going to look this shit up. I don't believe it. No, no it's, it was way before this, I'm sure. I'm going to look it up. Keep going. I'm just messing with you, Sid. It's too late. All right. As we do a, a second research on the podcast, this is unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Diana and Carol are in the bath. They're covered in pink slime, and Steve is just rubbing the pink slime on their face all around. And finally, uh, Diane wakes up, and she looks around very confused, like, what just happened? 1960. 19 motherfucking 60, Steve. Get it together. CPR was around back then. I'm surprised it was that late. I I actually kind of am, too. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Yeah, so they're in the bathtub, and, and Diane gets revived first. And then finally, after some time, Carol wakes up and she's like, Daddy. And it's like, that's it? Daddy. That was the big, like, you're out of the other side. Because that's basically what that, I envisioned that looked like. It was like Stranger Things. Yeah. Upside down world. Yeah. So she wakes up and like lack and very much is like, hey, what's up? Everything's good. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. She starts singing Taylor Swift's Out of the Woods. Are we out of the woods yet? No? All right, cool. We're we're definitely getting sued now. Okay, maybe we are. Cut that part then. I don't know how Taylor feels about that. (laughs) Sorry, Taylor. That's all right. You made it, Swift. Oh, my God. A link. I always always knew you were a Swift, he said. Uh, I I definitely am. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, we're moving on. Let's go to... (laughs) Dr. Lesh, who is is watching this bathroom moment, this this, this reuniting of a family, yeah. and she just goes, anyway, I'm going to close the door. Bye. So she, she, like, she understandably gives them some privacy. Yeah. And then Sassy Tangina has the best line. She takes off her glasses, looks straight into Ryan's camera, and says, this house is clean. She fluffs her hair. This house is clean. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Is good. Except she has a little baby voice, so it's it's. This house is clean. The voice is very yeah. Her voice is very interesting, and I would say what you just did there is probably the closest we got to it. This whole recording. I don't think I can go high enough to get her voice. Oh, I've heard your Jurassic well, Park rendition. I right, know you can go high enough. Not right now. Oh. I can't go high enough. <laughs> uh, Link, if you could just pitch that up thirteen <laughs> octaves, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so next scene, we are we're leaving this house. This house is clean, but we're saying fuck this house. We're we're getting fuck out of here. This house. Uh. So, and this is the part where I'll talk about the product placement because the oh fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up now because I completely Atlas forgot. Van Lines. Thank you. Hey. So yeah, we just we zoom in on a box that just says Atlas Van Lines okay. and. That's their moving boxes, and we see the truck, and it's like a huge advertisement for this company, yep. which is kind of weird. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're packing up. They're, they want to get out of this place. Mm-hmm. And we basically find out that Steve quit his job. Yeah. And this is, pretty, this is pretty good. I like this line. He says, he was talking to Diane. He says, and this is what I told my boss. He says, you know, Teague won't take up, take go to hell for an answer. And Diane's like, well, what are you going to, what are you going to tell him? And Steve's like, I'll give him directions. Yeah. And that's fucking good that's a fucking that was good, a line. good line <laughs> yeah I'll give him directions so this family has so much shit that they can't move out in one day 
And they decide to stay in the house one more fucking time. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what's wrong with you? You have your daughter, go to the Holiday Inn, stay there, come back and move the next day. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's at the Holiday Inn, so. And you know what Snoop Dogg's doing? It's what Steve and Diane want to be doing, too. That's smoking. That's very true. In their bed. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah. That's way more fun than haunting ghosts or chasing ghosts. I mean, you might be seeing ghosts after that. I don't know. Well, depends on your weed, I guess. I think Snoop Dogg has <laughs> mind, mind-altering mind stuff, probably. But. probably. So, yeah, they want to sleep in the house one last time, I guess. But Diane, she can't. She comes out of this experience with, like, gray hairs, yeah. like gray highlights. Pretty cool. Like, I, I like that touch. They look good. And I don't think she should have dyed them because she ends up changing it. She Part of her scene is she's in the bathroom and she's, like, literally reading the directions for how to how to use this stuff. So... Maybe that's another product placement of whatever that was. I think so. She goes in to take a bath. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, before she does this, she talks to Robbie and Carol and says, stop fighting. Because they're like, no, give me that. Give me that. It's like, can you guys just shut the fuck up for like two seconds? Why do you always have to fight? They're fighting over some toy. And she's like, essentially, hey, I'm going to go take a bath. Tuck yourselves into bed. And they're like, all right, night, mom. No, you give me that. And then they fight again. And it's like, okay, just I can understand why Diane wants to take a bath and just get, out, get away from it. Yeah, so she takes a bath and she the dog watches, which is weird. A little weird. We we go back to the room, to the kids' bedroom, and what do you pack up usually when you are moving? You got you got to have your beds because you got to sleep one more night in there. Right. You got to have you know your, your sheets and your pillows and you oh oh you got to keep the creepy clown. Yeah. For one more night. How? Old? Why would you pack that thing up? How? You got to stay with that thing one more night. How are they going to know I'm serious if I pack up my creepy clown early? Obviously. Absolutely. Duh. So creepy clown is still in the fucking room. Sure. Sitting on the fucking in that chair. Same it's like chair. <laughs> these people didn't learn their lesson. <laughs> and it's time for round two. But ding so, ding. <laughs> ding ding, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Robbie wakes up a little bit later and sometime later. And he hears this like <laughs> mm-hmm. and he like looks over, he's like, What what? Clown's gone. Not in the chair. Mm-hmm. Not chilling in the chair anymore. Mm-hmm. So he looks under his bed. You're like, oh, it's not there. And then he comes back up, and it's right behind him. And it immediately wraps its arm around his neck and chokes him. That was clever, then, because you are expecting it to be under the bed. So oh, when it, it like yeah, grabs was, him from behind, you're like, oh, fuck. It's pretty good. Like, I knew something was coming, and it still kind of got me a little bit there. Yeah. But it, it strangles him, and then it pulls him under the bed. Yes. So, and Diane is just, like, having the time of her life. She's relaxing she to the maximum. Yes. <laughs> it's It's pretty good. So she gets out of the tub at some point, and she's now in her bedroom combing her hair and man her hair looks pretty insane after after a bath like it's mm-hmm. fluffy <laughs> she lays on the bed yeah. and then hears the scream but then immediately is like like something invisible is attacking her well and she's wearing like a long night shirt so she doesn't have long well it's long it wasn't enough, that long it's long enough it covers her butt but when she's lying down like the ghost like pulls her shirt up and then it drags her up over the ceiling like up the wall on the ceiling and it's just panty shot after panty shot i'm like okay i she's hot i get it i don't need that many panty shots or any really i don't need any panty shots it, it reminded me of tina's death in nightmare on elm street yeah. she gets pulled up on the ceiling and she's like walking around the ceiling um i think she was in her she in her panties too yeah but she i don't had know a long, she was wearing a man's nightshirt so i don't i don't feel like you saw as much but i could also be misremembering it it was also dark 
And yeah, so this the scene in this movie was like complete opposite. Very Short shirt, light. lights on. Yeah, like it was. It was yes, yes. It was. It like you said, it was a bit much. Underwear, booty, legs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, it was kind of cool that she was like crawling all over the ceiling and crawling on yeah. the walls. Like that was a cool effect. That was cool. And Robbie is like, I've had enough of this. And he starts like pulling out the cotton from the clown. He starts winning against the clown. Yeah. And it like, he like starts ripping it up. Hell yeah, Robbie. Yeah. So I was like on his side at this point. I'm like, you've conquered. Well, you didn't conquer your fear of the tree. The tree almost killed you and then just like went away in a tornado. But well. but now he's like fighting back and like getting back at the clown. Yeah. Like, okay. All right. But the closet opens again, and the light comes back on, and then all of a sudden it, like, slams shut, which was kind of a interesting. Mm-hmm. The closet door slams shut. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, there is, like, a – so the, the closet slams shut, and then there's, like, this, like, nasty growth that's, like, coming out of the doors that looks like peach cobbler or something. Yeah, it was, like, a weird – It's making me hungry. Ew. It was, like, a weird goo that was surrounding, like, the, the sides of the door. So, Diane, obviously, hears all this, yeah. and she somehow gets back. She is back to controlling her own body and not being attacked by an invisible thing. Hooray! And she comes out to the kid's bedroom, and there's this just giant spirit demon thing. It almost looked like a it's cross like... between a skeleton and a huge dog or something. It's some kind of ghost yeah. guarding the door, so she can't get in. It was... All right, everyone, you ready for the the uh, obligatory never-ending story reference? It looked like the dog that the kid rides on. I don't know the name of it. Oh, Falcor. But it had Falcor. It had like the really long hair. Yeah. Like it had yeah, like the flowing hair, which mm-hmm. I was oh, beautiful. Artifact, stupid horse. Oh. No, <laughs> no, no. There's no quicksand in this one. No, he does. There is a mud bit though. Like Falcor, but. Falcor is not evil, and this thing was. Yeah, this thing was super evil. And it was basically guarding the bedroom door from Diane getting in there. Yes. So at this point, Robbie is like like trying to open the bedroom doors at the same time, and like they're all screaming, everyone's screaming. So much. Mommy, 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 screaming, screaming, screaming. Get away from my babies! Ah, get away from my baby! <laughs> like it, it is. My God. I put the movie on mute at one point because it was too much screaming. It was a lot of screaming. Diane, like, she, like, goes down the stairs, and then she, like, touches the railing, and it, like, sh- like blasts her across the room. She touches the door handle and, like, blasts across the room again. Yeah, it was She is getting weird... electrocuted all over the place. Yeah. But somehow she gets outside, and she runs for help. <laughs> yeah. And he just immediately falls into the pool. <laughs> our, our reoccurring friend, the pool. She falls into the water, the deep part, and there's just skeletons that just start floating up. So to your point, Sid, you said they were nice and crusty, and they are. They are crusty, dusty. And again, oh, I forgot to mention, it is storming again. So Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ, we're in like monsoon season in California here. Yeah, I well, I was going to say it doesn't feel right for California, and then I'm like, I guess it depends on if it's in the rainy season or not. Yeah, they just went through that a little bit. So, I mean, you know. Yes, I guess it could happen like that, but like it's raining like every day in this movie. It seems like it's raining, man. Just kidding, it's skeletons. Woo! What? That was perfect. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Jack. It was beautiful. As Tangina would say, or Tangina, this house is dirty. You're dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, okay, so she's. She's um in a pit of skeletons. Yes. And as she's trying to get out, like these, like the the ground keeps like the, the coffins keep coming out of the ground, and more skeletons are pouring out. 
And it's like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. So now it's getting weird. Oh, now. So she's like, yes, yes. Yeah. So she's like getting up to the edge of the pool and like trying to like, it, it is so muddy that like she's yeah. just like slipping and sliding all over the place. Uh, and she okay. finally grabs onto a, there's like a hose that is meant to like pump water out of a, you know, out of this hole. She climbs up on that and then someone's hand grabs her in jump scare. It's Ben and his wife, the neighbors. Ben. And Ben's like, what the fuck is going on? Because they like look up at the at the bedroom, kid's bedroom window and there's like, there's a rave going on in there again. Yeah, they're raving. Yeah. Diane's like, come on, you got to help me. You got to help me. And they're they're basically like, no. <laughs> they no. don't come inside. We're not going to help they... you. My family's never no. been bit by mosquitoes. We're going to watch Mr. Rogers. Get out of my face, lady. To be fair, that's like a normal childhood. So True. not not this, this stuff that Diane's kids are going through. So Yeah, the raining skeletons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So she busts back into the house. She runs straight up to the... Which, this is weird, because she runs up the stairs, and then it doesn't look like it used to. Like, the it's now, like, a really long hallway to a one yeah. door. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, this, like, uh, the way it was laid out before was, like, there was, like, several doors in, like, a little area. This is terrible for audio, but the la- the layout of the house has changed. Is basically it's, it's, it's almost like a nightmare, like, when you're trying to run down that long hallway to the one door, yeah. and you're just, like, going super slow. That's kind of what it looks like now. Yeah. It's a great use of a dolly zoom. Oh, yeah. Or a great use of a dolly zoom, the, like Link said. They they start out with a really long focal lens that makes everything look shorter. And then as they move the camera closer, they zoom out. And it just makes this feeling like everything's stretching out. Oh, really cool shot. that's cool. I didn't know that's how they did that. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Link. I just like to find I, people... I didn't go to space camp. I went mm-hmm. to film school. Oh, burn on the dead guy. Burn, Noah, you dead. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you did it first. <laughs> maybe that's why we keep losing producers. Maybe maybe we're haunted. I, I thought that from the beginning. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't believe in ghosts. So I don't think this is what? good. I don't think that's. How do you not yeah. believe in ghosts? Because movies like this. Oh, okay. haven't you been watching this documentary? <laughs> Oh my god! Okay. If it had text on a screen, maybe I'd fucking believe it. But... <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Well, the taglines was the first real ghost story. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but they, I guess they can have it's it. It's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> like how they just state that as a fact. And you're like, oh okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. So Diane goes to she runs down the hallway after the nice zoom lens thing that. Link uh, school to Yeah, about. the Dalai Lama zoom lens. The Dal- Dalai Lama lens. Yeah, the Dolly Parton lens. Basically, Diane just like, like a bat out of hell, just like opens the door to the bedroom, the kid's bedroom, and then she immediately is like being sucked into the closet. Like she's holding onto the door frame and like getting sucked in. And Carol is hanging onto the bed, and uh, Robbie is also hanging onto the bed. They're both like feet in the air flying towards the closet, which now the closet looks a little different now. It is a gaping maw. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy looking. It's it's, it's this it's like, like a tunnel orange, thing that yeah, like an orange tunnel to hell essentially. She's able to finally like get her get her bearings back and like get in a position where she can reach out to Robbie. Um, so she reaches out to Robbie. Robbie reaches out to Carol, and she pulls them all through, and they get out of the room, mm-hmm. which is which is great, right? Yay, we win! Yay! And at this point, Steve comes home. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck? 
what? Mm-hmm. What's going on again? This is happening again. And so now he's getting kind of the like all the skeletons and the coffins are popping out of the ground and giving him cheap scares. Hello. Um, and I guess Mr. Teague wants to check in on his his little employee, his like, little buddy why boy. Are you still here? I don't know. I don't know. So Steve, <laughs> this is pretty good. Steve immediately goes up to Mr. Teague, grabs him by the by the suit jacket and he shakes him and he's like you fucking you moved the the heads the headstones you didn't move the bodies in the cemetery you and didn't mr t you the bodies why wouldn't you move the bodies yeah exactly like in a rave you want the bodies to move around like that's the whole point of it you know well let the bodies okay, hit the floor so thank you hey. thank you let the bodies stay on the ground yeah it, respectfully <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> the <laughs> the bodies are coming out of the ground, and and Mr. Teague is kind of he's like in shock. He hasn't said a thing, so he is he got he just got yelled at by Steve mm-hmm. and exposed by Steve because now he Steve knows what happened. He Mr. Cheapskate didn't take the time to actually unearth these bodies and move them to an actual cemetery. He just moved he, like an illusion. He moved the headstones to make it look like everything was moved. It's an illusion. So hence the haunted burial ground yes. uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the rest of the family, minus Dana and Steve, are running through the house. And the, and, and the dog, the dog is with them. They're running through the house and they're trying to get out and get into the car. Yes. Into the station wagon. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty good because they all get in, no problem. Steve is like, where's my keys? He's like patting his ass and like... He, he finds the keys finally. He gets into the car. He's like he's like fumbling around and like can't get the car started. It's yeah. <laughs> Steve forgets how car keys work, and everyone is like, "Hurry, God, hurry!" <laughs> I mean, the dog should have been like, "Get the fuck out of the way! I can drive." Move. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then for some reason, this is kind of a weird. I don't know why this happens, but like Dana pulls up out of nowhere in her boyfriend's car. It's, it's like we don't need you, Dana. Right, like we don't Dana- need you. Dana just missed her opportunity to scream on camera, so she pulls up and goes, ah, what the hell's happening? Yeah. Like five times. And they're like, get in the fucking car. We're leaving. So she gets in the car. Boyfriend stays behind. We don't even meet him, and presumably oh, yeah. he just blows up or whatever. Bye. So, and now this, like, all this stuff is starting to, like, affect the neighborhood. Like, yeah. not just the house. Like, coffins are popping out of the ground everywhere like fire hydrants are blowing up cars are getting smashed it's pretty cool they've decided it is their time damn it we ride at dawn and then the house gets black hold yes it like collapses in on itself and it goes and it gets like sucked into this little light yeah yeah thank you vanessa I didn't like that. <laughs> it like collapses in on itself and mm-hmm. It does like an event horizon, basically. Yeah. And I say, was there a young Dr. Weir watching this whole ordeal? He's like, like, hey. Hmm. Wait a minute. Hmm. I feel like we could use this. Yeah. So uh, the end of the movie is the family, like, very slowly, very warily goes to a Holiday Inn room. They open their door. They walk inside. And then they kick out the TV. They shove the TV out the door and slam the door. Roll credits. It's good. It was almost... Did you ever watch the Flintstones? Yabba-dabba-doo! Yeah, it was no. any of the Flintstones or the Jetsons, where, like, everyone goes into bed, and then I think Fred puts, like, the dog out. Oh. And then the dog know, comes or, in and, like, yeah. puts him outside instead, and that's what that made me think of. And then he pounds on the door. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. 
Yeah. So yeah, oh. that was uh, a yes. That was the movie. Yes. Sorry. Um, it ended with some really weird sentimental like flute harp music and you're like what is happening it like goes back to the theme the song that played la, towards the beginning la, 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 la. Yeah. is someone playing it, it right now yeah that was oh. cre- creepy little kids yes. singing like it's yeah. a kid's choir it was so creepy it was weird ultimately my my final thoughts are it was it was okay it it had there were some really good effects in this that were enjoyable to watch i loved watching that guy tear his face apart that was so cool <laughs> <laughs> but there were a lot of stretches where people were acting so weird. I mean, this is mostly Diane. She was very, very like um Diane's a lot. She's a lot. She she never seemed like she was acting like how she should have been acting in the in the scenario, but I guess, you know, whatever. It's a horror movie, so. Yeah. And I think overall it's just a little bit too long and too drawn out. It it was kind of weird like I I get the like false ending thing, but I I didn't need that. Yeah, we 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 had everything wrapped up about twenty minutes before the end, and then it happened again. It was just I don't know. I don't know if we needed that or not. I don't. I don't feel like we did. I know some people love those scenes, but yeah, I would agree with that. Like it's it's fun. Like it's easy to have a good time watching this movie. Um, there are definitely some funny parts, but yeah, the mm-hmm. it's weird the way you think she should act in one scene is how she acts in a different scene, and then it's like over the top or really understated, and you're like is happening but it's still and, and, it's campy it's iconic for a reason so yeah yeah and I, I would say like um so event horizon which we just listened to i i enjoyed the like sci-fi aspect of like creating mm-hmm. all this like techno babble that explains what's going on and makes it like somewhat believable anytime characters were explaining uh mostly the psychologist and then tangina um they're and all like you. saying w- w- their theories of like uh, what's going on in the house? I, I tuned out immediately. I could care mm-hmm. less. I don't know what it was. Usually, I like that explanation stuff, but I, I hated it in this movie. I wonder if it was her delivery. Um, uh, maybe. I mean, I didn't like Doctor Lesh and Gary and Marty or Gary Ryan and Marty either. Ryan. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just not, not my favorite part. Not, That's no. fair. Not really. So, Sid, yeah. we are going to, this whole family is going to drink, and we're going to give the dog a nice big drink, too. We are. So, we all saddle up to the Holiday Inn bar, and yeah. we ask ourselves, what are they drinking? Sid, you want to go? Sure. So, I pulled mine this time from, I can't tell if it's Waitrose or Wait Rose. It's the word wait and rose, but it's together, so it's one word, um, dot com. And then they were, they made something called the Poltergeist Cocktail. So it is 20 milliliters of vodka, 10 milliliters of Tio Pepe Sherry, 20 milliliters of St. Germain Elderflower Liqueur, 10 milliliters of fresh lime juice, and one generous teaspoon of lemon sorbet. Okay. So this is like a, uh, has some, has some flavors going on there. It sounds like. She fancy. Actually, that doesn't sound bad. I like yeah. lemon is like a good masker of alcohol, so I would I would probably give that a shot. I think. Right, like it's strong, but it's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think they would be. I think the family would be happy with that. Diane yeah. would be ecstatic about that. But ecstatic. And Carol Ann could have the lemon sorbet. Yeah, she can. So I, my drink that I would give them is called mm-hmm. Cemetery Cider. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just bodies. And vodka. <laughs> Gross. 
Oh, oh, sorry. That okay. I that's found what, I found a recipe real quick. That's what you drink on the weekends. We're talking about what they're gonna drink. Mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. Uh, half ounce. Okay, so this is what this link uh, drink is comprised of. It is a half ounce of Captain Morgan silver spiced rum, mm-hmm. half ounce of Jim Bean bourbon whiskey, okay. half ounce of Bacardi orange rum, and then three ounces of apple cider. Huh. Okay. Sounds quite lovely. It does. Like when you were listing them out, I'm like, I don't know about that, but like all blended together, I try it. Yeah, like I'm, I don't know. It, it does seem kind of odd, especially with like an orange. Yeah, orange, orange rum is in dicey. there. Mm-hmm. That 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 maybe might throw it off a little bit. But I love apple cider, so and that's like a very potent uh, drink as well. So I would imagine that would mask a lot of this pretty well. I like apple cider too. Yeah, a good read. Good stuff. Good drinks. Hmm. So, people, if you have any comments about our review, maybe you want to tell us about how certain things were done in the movie because we are too simple-minded to uh, do that ourselves. Uh, thank you, Link, by the way, for jumping in on our behalf. Yes, there. thank you. Or if you want to suggest any drinks or, you know, uh, have any questions or comments to us, you can reach us at... Or movie suggestions. No, we're not taking oh, those. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'll go fuck myself. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> You can contact us at finalfempodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram, and that is at finalfempodcast. So, uh, gram us or insta us or uh, just, I don't know. I'm not sure, really sure how that stuff works. So, yeah, I think she's our expert stuff. on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our next movie that we're going to do is The Omen. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that one. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's all for you. Watch Man Ready So, we will see you guys next time during the Omen <gasps> podcast. Bye. <laughs>